0: Really unfortunate if it was that fast. hurt. Uh, there's
1: probably. somebody out there that's into that.
0: Yep. Probably. <laughs> there's a machine <laughs> that
1: probably does it to somebody.
2: You can probably watch a video. Yeah. <laughs> easily, easily.
0: What's that rule? It's like rule number 83 rule. if it's on we were, the internet. We rule 34. Rule. Rule 34. Rule 34.
1: Yeah. If it's Should on it the
0: internet, there's, there's porn in about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's so crazy. <laughs> All right. I'm a booster.
1: Alright, welcome to episode 9 of Dance, Robot, Dance, everybody. Uh, I am Tim, I will be hosting this week, and uh, we also have Christy with us. Hello! And Mark. What's going on, everybody? And Eric is having baby troubles at the moment, but may join us in a bit. And Stu, unfortunately, uh, is having computer death issues, and uh, (laughs) we're not sure when he's going to be back at this point but uh hopefully hopefully soon um so to jump right into things uh, in terms of sort of recent nerd news uh there's been a lot of news on the dc front i don't know if that's just my personal bias coming through and what it's
2: definitely your personal bias coming through
1: what facebook has decided to show me this week but uh starting out um the harley quinn movies does seem to be going forward and there's been an announcement that margot robbie robbie will obviously be starring in it and also executive producing it
0: what is that even uh, that's great but like what does it even mean when you're executive producing something
2: it's just the glory it's just the it's just the pat on the fucking head title i think is what it means generally speaking
1: i think it means you get a little bit more creative control over it i would say yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess there have been a lot of cases where like, and and probably also means that like you get some extra money out of it or something too. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Because you got to look at who's like executive producers on the other movies like that. Because like Ben Affleck's obviously been made an executive producer on pretty much all the DC stuff now, just because they want him to be Batman for a million years now. Yeah. And I think uh, RDJ on the Marvel side is generally an exec producer on the movies he appears in. So Yeah.
1: And, I mean, if you look at a lot of, like, the comic book TV shows or, like, any nerdy TV show, like, uh, you know, once those shows get sort of established, you start seeing a lot of the cash showing up on the executive producer list.
0: True.
2: Yeah, it's true.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, you saw that a lot on, like, Star Trek and on, like, yeah. I think Arrow and Daredevil and stuff like that as well. And
0: Yeah, yeah. I was even watching BoJack Horseman last night and, uh, <laughs> you know, like, Will Arnett and... Um, Oh, Aaron, Aaron Paul are both executive producers.
2: <laughs> I love that. That's what Aaron Paul followed up Breaking Bad I know. with. Was Todd. Yeah. So Todd. Uh, oh, I, oh, I could I can do this by calling in from my iPhone. That's my kind of fucking gig.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> bitch. Yeah, bitch.
0: Exactly. That's yeah. so funny.
1: Um, there's also uh, more sort of pictures and leaks and stuff like that from the. A uh, set of Justice League, which I guess is pretty close to being done filming at this point, uh, but I think Zack Snyder posted a picture of a uh, new of new Batman costume for the movie. Mark, our our resident Batman expert, did you get a look at that? I did. Uh, it looked like um,
2: shit. What's the is it the owl in Watchmen? I didn't. I was like, yeah. That looks it looks like almost identical to the costume from the Watchmen movie. Yeah, or or um, or, which
1: or, um, or uh. Owlman from uh the fuck. The like an- the anti antimatter universe uh oh, the yeah, crime yeah, syndicate.
2: Yeah. Sorry, yeah, from the Crown yeah, the crime yeah, syndicate. It looks, yeah. yeah, that as well. Yeah, well, they, well, obviously they're probably gonna pull that as like a an influence anyway. So, but yeah, no, I was like, huh, it looks like the fucking owl costume from Watchmen was the first reaction. <laughs> the and nice, as soon one, as yeah. I went on Reddit, that was the first thing I saw. It was like, a million people posting the same thing, like, <laughs> um, look familiar, guys? Like, yeah, okay, yep. But no, it looks good. Uh, I like the fact that it's like a more like, I don't know, I don't, I like the bat suit in the Batman v Superman movie. Like, that was probably my favorite part of of the movie was the the bat suit being a gray suit that just looked like Kevlar he was sitting in as opposed to like the plates that they usually do. And that, this is going back to the plates, which I'm like, I'm never going to draw something like that. So that's fine. But <laughs> I hate
1: drawing all that armor shit, but yeah. it's great. Um, and then uh, let's see the other big one from DC that I saw was that uh, Henry Cavill's agent or management or something like that did confirm that man of steel two is going to happen.
2: Wasn't Batman v Superman technically yeah.
1: Man of Steel too? Isn't that? <laughs> yes. Uh, well, not technically. It was. It, it Batman was built first. It was, it was Batman v Superman, not Superman v Batman. Um, so I mean, really, they they basically fucking you know spoiled his death at that point. Now that that's been announced. So <laughs> yeah, but oh. he's
2: like in all the promo pictures for Justice League. Like we knew he was <laughs> he's coming in all the back. Promo was all fla- all film. flashbacks. Yeah, but like. <laughs> We knew he was coming back. It's Superman, first of all. It's not like that story ended with him staying dead in the comics either. Like he's been back. That Superman is back in continuity right now, if I'm not
1: mistaken. So yes, we we will talk about that. But let me uh, grieve. Let
0: me grieve the death, so when he comes back, I'm more excited about it. Don't just shove in my face. Don't worry, guys. He's like not actually like super dead. He's just like you know super dead. Well, he was like.
2: (laughs) The week after Batman V Superman they were showing cast shots, like maybe it yeah. wasn't the week after of like the Justice League and there's fucking Henry Cavill, as Superman. I'm like, oh well okay, you're spoiling the surprise kids, so, like it doesn't really do anything if that
1: Yeah, it's the sort of thing you could have kept under wrap maybe like twenty years ago or something like that, but not not with the internet.
2: No, that's true. But it's still just like at least try for a little while. Like try. I, yeah. Pretend yeah. he's dead. Pretend
1: just he's assume
0: dead. everything you see on the internet is fan art.
1: <laughs> that's that's really expensive fucking fan art to bring henry cavill out just to pose for some fucking pictures uh, Photoshop yeah does exactly things so <laughs> you don't even need them. it's just like his him like posted his face posted on affleck <laughs> that's for i, I wouldn't i think i think he would love that actually i'm sure he would
2: love
0: that. that
2: um app? at least then you get to be batman which like at this point, it's going to be the bigger money like franchise. But
0: it's It, yeah. it makes me laugh because that's going back to another BoJack episode where it's just like he never actually stars as Secretariat because he disappears. They just took a computer image of him, and the computer image of him is actually a, the actor that's up for like an Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what makes me that's that's
2: that's, that's going to yeah. happen sooner than you like think. They're eventually going to have like somebody reproduced like the way they're de-aging people now at this point, like they could just probably have one of us like stand in front of the camera and then turn us into Robert Downey Jr. And then <laughs> call uh, it a day. If I,
0: if I was, had a Robert Downey Jr. Face on my body, I would just masturbate furiously. <laughs> like I know, I'm sorry. And this is supposed With your to be face? No, I just look Honestly, at my face in a mirror, like th- through the screen. Just, like, would,
2: flick that bean. Yeah. Go. I would just download an just app talk and, like, dirty to yourself. Yeah, are
0: you kidding me? Of course. <laughs> I'd be like yeah. Just call you.
2: Just tell. Just keep saying I'm Iron Man over and over yeah. again, until you like until you go.
0: That's just I. I mean that's the closest I'll ever be to being with Robert Downey Jr. I hope he never listens to this podcast. But
2: I'm sure it's. I'm sure he's one of our 28 oh, subscribers. No. So. <laughs> we've, 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 I'm pretty sure he's probably the one thing we've mentioned in every episode so far. Is Robert Downey Jr. It's either that or The Rock. I'm not sure. Or Alf. Oh, there's Alf too.
0: Mark
1: mark the time How long do we get in before Uh, Eight minutes, 18 seconds
0: (laughs) Guys, one day You're going to realize that The audience will not think this is Funny anymore They're going (laughs) to side with me and they're going to turn on you they're going to be like Oh guys, whoa Let's throw barf bags at their houses Let's dock them And see how they like to be made to feel Pukey all the time Oh, That's you just wait thing. till one so, day I'm pregnant. I'm gonna throw up all over the screen.
1: <laughs> we'll have to make sure we record that episode. The video for that episode. Yeah, we'll definitely screen to cap like, that. We'll screen cap it. Uh, speak, speaking camera. of things from space, uh, the Star Trek Discovery TV show apparently has been delayed uh, until next year.
0: No.
2: Well, it's not. I think it already was. It was supposed to be January, now it's pushed back to May. Yeah, it's in spring um, or, something, or which, summer. Yeah, uh, is a disappointment. But uh, as I said in the Slack, if they give me a fucking awesome Star Trek show, they can take as long as they want, as long as it's good. Because if it, they delayed it and it sucks, I'm gonna be angry.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's generally my feelings too. Just not just with this, but with everything.
2: That's, well, that's become the video game industry in a nutshell, too, where it's like, oh, they've announced this game, and then six months later, it's going to take another six months. And then, well, you're a Zelda player. How many times did the last two Zelda games get delayed? Yeah. The,
1: the, yeah. Breath of the Wild, in particular, has yeah. been delayed, mo- like, what, at least a couple of years at this point. But
2: well, it looks now amazing now. Especially now that DNX is going to happen. Yeah. Or or maybe... I'm hearing that's going to be delayed now, too. So that's a rumor going around this week. Well,
0: they did the same thing with Uncharted. And you know what? I am glad that they took the extra time.
2: Pretty much every major game franchise now has massive delays on it. Like, I remember... I think last summer, Arkham Knight was delayed, like, six months. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a right into the new year. Like, kind of a winter release. And it got moved into the summer. Um which was fine because the game was great but like if you gotta take your time and polish the game so it's good then take your time and polish the game yeah but same goes for the TV show like if they're gonna write if it's gonna be better so we're gonna get better effects and we're gonna get better writing and like everything's gonna work out better then guess what Take your fucking time.
0: <laughs> I guess that's the reality. Though. Like, we're, we'll be so pissed about it. We'll be like, oh, god damn it. How are th- how dare they do this to us? They can't do this to the fans. Bro. But then we'll go out and buy it the day it comes out anyway. We're just, like, <laughs> fodder. Just like, oh, give me much.
2: Yeah, but, like, think <laughs> about how much TV is between then and now. Like, we've got, like, I mean, Luke Cage is, like, next, well, it's two weeks away. Like, we still yeah, got exactly. Iron Fist between then but and it's now. Just, like, we've got Defenders. It's that, but it's
0: it I just makes really. me feel like I'm an addict you know what I mean like I'll just be like I'll just fucking, oh, yeah. I, I don't want to wait for the shit I need right now and then like you're just like sitting there you're like okay I'll just I'll just like do something else that's in the same vein that's like, that's sort of okay and then you play a really shitty game and you're like oh god why do I do this to myself uh, it wasn't worth my time And
1: you're just, like scratching her yeah. arms like god I need my fix Exactly, yeah.
2: I need a fix <laughs> well it's been uh, I'd, I'd have to look it up but it's got to be at least 10 years since Enterprise went off the air so new Star Trek I can wait a little bit longer, I think.
1: Yeah, but there's also the movies in between that that definitely went a ways to... But, I mean, Star Trek at its heart, I think, works better as a oh, it's as a, TV a show, show yeah, yeah,
2: for sure. It's definitely a TV show at its heart, for sure. Yeah. So, I'm very excited for, like, a new TV show that I can spend a weekend with, at the very least. That's all I've been doing the last couple of days. I've been, like, working from home and just, like, picking random TNG episodes yeah. because of our, our talk mm-hmm. last week. I'm like, yep. <laughs> I'm just going to sit here and watch Captain Picard because it makes He's me great.
0: happy. He makes everything better. <laughs>
1: yep. Yes, he I, does. I'm I'm in full-on uh, horror mode right now. I've been watching a lot of horror movies and stuff because basically once, like, September hits, I'm, like, fucking ready for Halloween. So that will you be... Get,
2: you, you start early,
1: eh? What are yeah. the big
0: horror movies yeah. you've been watching or shows?
1: Uh, the major one, I, I watched Beetlejuice uh, last weekend. Solid,
0: <laughs> solid performance. Uh, I love yeah. that
1: movie. Uh, and first time I've watched it in a long time like there's definitely like gags in that that I'd totally forgotten um, and then I also uh, this past week uh, sort of while I was working from home I watched the whole uh, Saw series like all seven of those movies no thank you
2: <laughs> I don't know if I've seen I've seen the first one I'm pretty sure but I don't know if I've seen any of the other ones
1: I mean the first one is like a legend unto itself in terms of like uh, horror movies that really sort of one it brought Indie horror movies, like, sort of back to the forefront. And two, it basically started, like, a whole new genre of, uh, of horror as well. Like, all the Eli Roth stuff and everything that came after and stuff never would have really existed yeah. or got as much attention as it did without uh, the Saw movies uh, to begin with. But the the later movies, the sequels, they some people would say, like, they got really convoluted. I mean, I, I liked the traps and stuff like that, but I also liked... Uh, it really kept things sort of fresh. And there was a lot of misdirection that was done really well in terms of like who was doing what and who the killer was in each, you know, individual movie and stuff like that. So yeah, I recommend them.
2: I just, uh, I watched, um, conjuring two last weekend. Mm -hmm. It was not great, but (laughs) whatever. The first one was, I liked the first one a lot. So I was like, Oh, I'll watch the second one. The second one was not good.
0: I just didn't like the Marilyn (coughs) Manson in a nun costume.
2: Yeah, that was weird. Really weird. <laughs> All right, now
1: I need to watch it just for that. Uh, it is, yeah, that actually that probably was the, the creepiest, creepiest part. In the entire you just
0: watch it, and you're like, oh, Mar- <laughs> Ma- Marilyn, what do you... It's not, Mar- <laughs> not Marilyn Manson.
2: It's not actually Marilyn Manson, but yeah, it looks like... I, I, I thought the same thing. I was like, huh, it looks like, like any Christ superstar Marilyn Manson <laughs> in a nun costume. I'm actually um, surprised he never did that.
0: But I actually... <laughs> Uh, he probably did. Probably. Um, I was on a bit of a horror kick too, but not like you know jump at you. I've been listening to this podcast called The Black Tapes.
2: I listened to that podcast.
0: Yeah, and it's like I'm into season two now, and it's really, really good. Except that it sounds so fake.
2: <sighs> oh yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, the the what's the guy's name? Is it Strand? Yes, it's so stilted I'm like god dude please learn how to voice act properly it's just like
0: they'll do things like okay so Tim if you haven't heard this podcast yet and listeners if you haven't heard this podcast yet I would recommend listening to it because it is like it's got good elements of creepy except there's a few things that they do that are kind of shitty like one thing is that anytime they mention the word demons the main girl goes "Ah, demons Like (laughs) Like
1: with some good like vocal fry. Yeah, Yeah. but like
0: she's Uh, always, and then they'll say things like, "This
2: is every." They audio produce it, so there's like a little bit of like a hum, like soundtrack to the background of it all the time. So it gets a little like they have this eerie kind of noise in the background all the time throughout every episode, and you'll hear like weird little audio cues going on. You're like, guys, could you just maybe tell the story? Like, it doesn't need to be like an audio drama. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I still enjoy it. Like, it's a great podcast, but it's weird
0: oh the one thing that gets me though is every phone conversation just sounds like this i will be like hello hi okay so i'm interviewing you for my podcast and then they're like
2: you may have heard of it yeah
0: (laughs) no not the radio like tv no no a podcast what's that it's like everyone knows what a podcast is shut the (laughs) fuck up (laughs) like
1: so is it supposed to be like found footagey kind of thing uh, it's, yeah.
0: she's supposed to be like
2: a journalist that's like investigating like this dude uh, who's like what's his name Richard Strand from like the yeah. Strand Institute mm. and he's like he's he's like a skeptic who disproves like supernatural stuff um, and it just becomes about it's like especially now into season 2 and I don't know how far are you Christy? Like, I don't want to spoil anything I'm are you season done? Two. are you <laughs> done? though. No? nice Christy's eating what? dinner in front of us <laughs> weren't you just at dinner?
0: no Mark just gave did you eat my fritter as well? Did you eat all the fritters?
2: This is riveting podcasting, guys.
1: Riveting fucking podcasting. Duty Mark ate all the fritters. Anyway.
0: Two Mark ate all of my fritters. I bought him one and a half fritters, and now I have less than half of a fritter.
2: <laughs> I like um, you can hear anyway. him laughing about it in the background,
0: too. Anyway, get out of here. Um, so, um, sorry, listeners, but um am flaunting my love of fritters. But... Uh, <laughs> no it's it's by the same people who do serial mm. um, and the serial podcast was really good because it was real but the black tapes is good because the story's good but the voice acting is subpar
2: yeah it's pretty bad <laughs> she is super cute though if you look her up so there is oh that. is she? yeah I
0: thought she was um, I thought she was Korean for the longest time I just heard really? <laughs> I
2: thought <laughs> Alex, she was Korean Alex Regan is Korean? I
0: I don't know why I just was like oh yeah she she is Korean in my head and then looked her up and I was like oh she's not Korean Uh, this ruins everything The others are
1: racist
2: yeah pretty much (laughs) the only other like horror podcast I listen to and I I talk about this one all the time is the last podcast on the left and it's like three comedians talking about like the worst horrible shit ever but making a huge joke out of it (laughs) Um, if you like like they'll go do these like three episode long deep dives into like the worst serial killers in history and stuff like that Ooh. but it just turns into like like sometimes it turns into really long gay jokes and it's <laughs> really fucking funny like it's hysterically funny nice. um and it's like half my podcasts are now from that group it's all cave comedy radio guys like if they want to fucking bring us on and make us one of their podcasts i'm in because those guys are hilarious but uh <laughs> yeah last podcast don't if you guys are looking for something to like they probably got 250 episodes now if you want to go like deep dive a podcast it's fucking awesome
0: Nice. The last podcast to the left.
2: Yeah, last podcast on the left.
1: Well, while while we're uh, pimping podcasts, the only one that I listen to like really religiously uh, is. Uh From Crisis to Crisis, it's a Superman podcast that basically covers all of the Superman comics from, like, Crisis on Infinite Earths to Final Crisis, I think. Um, And right now, they're, like, somewhere around, like, the late 90s, but uh, they've been doing it for, jeez, fucking at least five years now. Uh, And uh, they basically go through and do, like, recaps of the episodes, and they've had, like, interviews with a bunch of the creators and uh, artists and writers and stuff like that. And If you're superman fan at all especially in that era like the 80s through the 2000s it's definitely worth listening to
2: and i'm subscribed
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of fucking comics to go or a lot of fucking episodes to go back but uh the hosts are both uh
2: have i not told you guys how much i fucking hate my co-workers Uh, (laughs) all i do is listen to podcasts at work
0: that's what i do i listen to podcasts now because i have an hour to commute each way
2: yeah Nice. So,
0: like, podcasts are magnum.
2: Yeah. Also, I, uh, audiobooks. I I don't do the audiobooks so much, but I subscribe to like, uh thirty podcasts that are like more or less weekly. well I not all of, of them. Dirty
0: podcasts. Like, no, I got no. Only
2: one. Di- only one dirty podcast. The rest of them are just like. <laughs> most of them are like this, where it's just like a bunch of people sitting around bullshitting. <laughs> Usually, it's Kevin Smith Stone. It's like my favorite one so. <laughs>
0: No, I um on Monday to Tuesday, um I was listening to religiously in the car. I listened to all of Neil Gaiman's "The Ocean at the End of the Lane." Is that the new one? Yes. Well, oh, nice. two thousand twelve. Um, but uh, he read it, and if you okay. ever heard Neil Gaiman do any of his own stories, it's yeah. beyond outstandingly good. Like he just like drags you into this world of like. Mythos and beauty, and you're just like I never want to leave. I don't ever. <laughs> yeah, I does wanna he is he read most
2: of his own stuff now. Like
0: he's read his anthologies and all of the books that are from like a one perspective. As far as I I know, I think he, um, he hasn't done American Gods by himself, which disappoints me.
2: Yeah, I but, love American. God. I need to reread that before that show starts. I think.
0: Yeah. Um. Um.
1: Pimp,
0: pimp, right. pimp.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There was one last news item that I uh, hadn't put in the uh, in our notes before but that has affected me pretty deeply and I don't know have either of you guys got sucked into Pokemon Go yet
0: um. Uh, yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I know Eric has as well. So there was an update this past week uh, that um, did one good thing and one really shit thing. One uh, was they added a feature so you can have like a buddy Pokemon that walks around with you. Um, my wife has like a Magikarp uh, mainly, but, yeah, mainly because when you have this buddy Pokemon, if you, you know, as you walk, it will like find candy, uh, which is Mark's laughing at us right now.
2: I'm just like nerd alert! Like yeah. holy shit, you guys are making me feel. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, yeah, because you're making this, me feel like an, an old, old touch man. Touch on nerdy things, in this. No, I know, but it's, I feel like such an old man because I'm like, what the fuck is a Pokemon? <laughs> get Pokemon? Out.
0: Get out of here! You take What the fuck, fuck is, is a Magikarp? Um,
1: but unfortunately, yeah. I can't I'm, use I'm the fucking I'm update. Googling.
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't use like the I'm
1: fucking update part. because they also made it such that you cannot play it on rooted uh, devices or jailbroken oh. devices. And oh. my fucking Android, yeah, my fucking S5 is uh, is rooted, and so, uh, because I don't want to have all of Samsung and Verizon's fucking bloatware all over my phone, uh, so I put like a custom ROM on it, which I had to root it to do, and now I cannot play, well, I couldn't play Pokemon Go uh, after it sort of auto-updated. I ended up like deleting it and then finding an old version that I was able to install, and so... So yeah, That's f- fuck you, Neantic or Niantic or whoever. Niantic, fuck yeah. It.
0: Sneaky. That, that sucks. So sneaky.
2: Yeah, if you're in your 30s. You really shouldn't be playing Pokemon, man. That's well, not true. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's fine. But what you got to do. But, it,
1: like, I use it basically to keep me occupied when I'm, like, going on runs and stuff like that, which I think yeah. I've said before, is, like, it just gives me something to do, so I'm not just, like, fucking running nowhere kind of thing, yeah. which just seems kind of pointless to me, so this way I'm going out and catching Pokemon and hitting Pokestops and shit like that while I'm out running, so...
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So, uh, that was everything I had before we get on to sort of our main topic for the episode. Do you guys have any other nerd news you wanted to touch on?
2: Uh, Nope. I am... Um all nerded out already, and you guys have talked about Pokemon, so... Hey,
0: okay. Just, Pokemon's great. Okay? I was... Yeah. You know, I will share a quick Pokemon story. It actually got Mark and I in a fight yesterday. <laughs> this is lame Mark, the mark we're talking mark about. Two. Duty Mark. Duty yeah. Mark. Um, because, uh, we were... We were driving... Ow! <laughs> Listeners, I just had a pillow thrown at me. Really get
2: uh, lame mark on an episode again? Now that it's just going to be like a three person podcast, she should have him (laughs) guest every once in a while. He
0: wanted to tonight, but I told him no. Why would you tell him no? Because we like
2: like lame mark. He's fine.
0: it's i just want to know because we we talked about this we need to invite guests properly not just be like hey babe we're missing somebody get on <laughs>
1: this is true <laughs> otherwise we end up backup. With, yeah, otherwise we end up with uh fucking A commentaries with yeah. 15 people
0: <laughs> but yeah oh jesus christ I am, I, uh. but anyway so hey man i got uh, that
2: episode out all right What more do you want from me I, I
0: am, yeah it's true but, um so we were driving to go see my friends because um, we were wa- we're watching their dog next week. But anyway, so we were driving past this part where there was like some serious traffic, but there was an electrobuzz nearby, and I was like, "Mark, Mark, Mark, Mark!" Like I know this silhouette. You have to just take the traffic route. And he was like, "Babe, we gotta get to the house." And I was like, "No, take the traffic route. We're gonna pass through the electrobuzz part. I know we are." And he didn't. He went <laughs> around the traffic, and I was just like. Do you he's know laughing who he's, at you, with yeah. you know that? Right? That's what you've I, done. I, I can hear but it. It was one of those moments that, like, I was so mad at him, and in the, but it made me angry more because I was like, "Oh no!" Now you don't get this, your
2: elect. What is it, Electrobuzz? Yeah, Electrobuzz. electrobuzz. Yeah. But yeah. I electrobuzz? was like,
0: "Oh no!" I'm the type of person who gets <laughs> mad about this. Like, this is a glass shattering moment. This irked me so hard. I got in a fight with my partner about it because yeah. I wanted an <laughs> Electrobuzz.
1: I feel your pain. I don't have an Electabuzz yet either.
0: No, I was very. Up- I've seen a silhouette twice, and I was like, ah, both times. I, but, I did.
1: Uh, I did hit level twenty five this week, though. I was pretty pumped.
0: Oh, about that. I'm only level twenty one.
1: Yeah, l- grinding levels becomes really fucking hard once oh you God, get like terrible. level twenty three, twenty
0: four. I don't want Oops. any more pidgeys. <laughs> um. But the last nerd thing I'll say, and then I'll I'll let you take it back over Tim, was <laughs> I did not realize, and I found this out this week. That Lee Jordan from the Harry Potter movies was Pop Pop in Community. A, a a
2: magnitude? magnitude. His name was Magnitude. Oh, Magnitude. I oh, meant, uh, magnitude. magnitude.
0: Not Pop. Pop Pop. pop. Magnitude. Pop. pop. Yeah. That's Lee Jordan from the Harry Potter movies.
1: He was in Harry Potter. Who would he play in the Harry Potter movies? Yeah. He
0: was the announcer um, that sat next to McGonagall in all the Gryffindor games. Oh my God, he's yeah. like when that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. Right, then. And I was yeah. just like, I was watching it. I was like. Magnitude? Hey, hey, hey. Magnitude?
1: Magnitude? Pop.
0: Pop. Uh? Yeah. Pop. <laughs> Pop. Uh, Ten I points.
2: Think, actually, honestly, it, I think actually we talk about community more than we talk about anything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely up there.
0: My heart's <laughs> on. All
1: right. So getting into what is, uh, now that we're almost half an hour in, our uh, main topic for the evening... Um, I had the idea to sort of talk about comic books as a genre, which is a genre that's near and dear to my heart. Um, We have talked a lot about uh, sort of certain characters and certain storylines and stuff like that, or comic book movies. But here I want to talk about actual, like, you know, drawn on paper, comic books, graphic novels as a genre, uh, maybe not going as much uh, into as much detail in terms of like character storylines and that sort of stuff. Um, maybe sort of in more more of a y "medium is the message" kind of way, where I, I I don't know how much I agree with that statement, but I definitely think that the medium itself does have a lot of uh, uh, a lot of. A lot of hold over sort of how we consume it and how we see it and how it shapes the stories and that sort of thing. So, um, first off, I'll start off just by saying that, uh, I mean, my biggest thing is superhero comics and superhero comics on their own are like really, I would say, I don't know if you guys would uh, argue me on this, are inherent. I would say primarily a North American medium. Oh yeah, I
2: definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah. Like like, in terms of their origin at least, like uh, you know that there there obviously were you know sequential uh, graphic storytelling well before that. but in terms of superhero comics, I mean Batman Superman that really started all that um, and then like precursors to that, like the shadow or the Crimson Avenger, those sorts of things were like American or Canadian inventions. Um, so, yeah, it's an
2: inherently North American invention, uh the superhero comic specifically. So Yeah. Um it's actually a very American uh ideal too, like that that power play kind of thing, power fantasy fulfillment mm-hmm. it's a very North especially American kind of phenomenon. So yeah. although this obviously the last couple of years has been very global because like those stories have become like that's our mass media now, is like this stuff that we used to hold near and dear to our hearts and were made fun of. Uh now everybody
1: fucking loves that goes to the movies in droves, so...
0: Yeah.
2: Not to sound like an elitist piece of shit,
1: but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's good and it's bad in that, you know, it's a great time to be a comic book fan because there's a lot of great stuff happening in terms of comics right now, but it's also, uh, you know, maybe not as private and sort of uh, close-knit as it used to be. Yeah, it's it's not
2: like it's ours anymore. You know what I mean? It's everybody's. Yeah, that was the cool thing
0: about being a nerd. Like... You know, it wasn't, you weren't cool, but at the same time, (laughs) your stuff was yours. Like, you could geek out with people because it was an obsession.
2: Yeah, and yeah, oh, definitely. It's
0: like everybody's like, "Oh my god, you know what I love? Superman! That movie's <laughs> so great!" And you're like, "Fuck you! You don't need it <laughs>
1: Yeah. And on the same side, like, I, I don't like being like that. Like, I don't like saying like, "Oh, you love Superman? Have you ever read any of the comics?" Well, then you're not a true fucking fan, kind of thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I you know I, I want everybody to enjoy things however they want to enjoy them, kind of I thing. I don't. <laughs> she says with a mouthful of fritter, of duty marks fritter. <laughs>
2: That sounded gross. Uh, it wasn't, phrasing? Like his dick. it wasn't his dick. It wasn't really his
1: dick. I really think we should have a serious conversation about bringing phrasing back. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you've seen that.
0: <laughs> I, was say, I hope it's not his dick because I'm chewing on it pretty hard.
1: Oh. He might so be you into know that. The, we don't know. You know to the teeth, ladies. Yeah. Easy on the teeth. So uh, what Chris was just shops? saying? <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> <Jesus> Christ. <laughs> so what Christy and Mark were just kind of touching on in terms of uh, comic books being like a really sort of private experience uh, and personal experience. I want to uh, get a little bit more from that on you guys in terms of your sort of personal history with comic books. Stuff like when you started reading, how old you were, like what you started reading, and then sort of how it's changed over time to where you are today with comic books. So, uh Christy, you're the youngest. Uh, how about you start?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> In case we haven't mentioned that Christy's a fucking millennial yet. Yep.
0: No, that's never been mentioned. <laughs> never? Nope. Never. No. Um, okay, well, my origin story with comics is pretty ridiculous. Um, the first comic graphic book I ever had uh, was called It's Perfectly Normal. And it was about the male and female reproductive systems. <laughs> Drawn in a comic, like a, a graphic novel style. <laughs> so I had to watch the sperm take his gr- his great journey to find his his lover, the egg. And <laughs> I just
2: re- Sorry, I just realized I'm looking at myself in our Google Hangout. And I'm doing the perfect Picard fucking face palm yeah. pose right now as you
0: talk to me. <laughs> I've got Tim as my, my main one.
2: Oh, I have you, so there you go. Aww. If I look at Tim, all I can see is the big stack of long boxes, and it makes me like hard and kind of wistful. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, speaking of hard, though, that was my first experience with graphic. <laughs> so. And it was just like, it was about teaching young kids through graphics. How to, that,
1: how to have sex with each other?
0: No, what happened when you had sex with each other? <laughs> Not how. Well, there were there were hows, but, like, it was more in the style that, we, looking at comics now, was this, you know, beautiful journey. <laughs> and it was, ugh, it was something else. You, I felt bad for the eggs that, like, were in the periods, because, like, they had this very sad farewell. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like... Knowing they were going to die, <laughs> I so, will never fulfill my true potential. Ah, as they go to the toilet. me. My name was Maggie. <laughs> um, but like,
2: wait, did that actually happen in the comic? Uh,
0: I can't At remember. this point,
1: this is a really fucking grim comic to be
2: giving to kids. If it
0: did, <laughs> yeah. Not to uh, mention all the
1: like billions of fucking sperm that didn't
0: sperm didn't,
1: didn't hit. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was. Yeah, uh, like, it was a massacre.
2: I was going to make an Auschwitz joke, but you know what I'm going to
1: say. It's like an Auschwitz in your uterus.
0: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) That's the way most uh, women uh, have uh, described sex with Mark, is my understanding.
2: Yep, there you go.
0: Oh, no. Well played. a sounds like a card against humanity thing. (laughs)
1: It, um, is it, that's, it is now. I gotta, yeah, that's sense. that's going into our fucking Cards Against Humanity set. That's set. Yeah.
0: Guys, that's uh, Auschwitz for my uterus.
1: Auschwitz in your uterus.
0: Are you writing it down? <laughs>
2: he is. <laughs> uh, Tim's Cards Against Humanity deck may be the vilest thing. Uh, like, as bad as Cards Against Humanity is by default, Tim's is 18 million times worse. <laughs> mainly because... It's him and Alicia adding to it all the time.
1: Yeah, and, and some uh, of our terrible, terrible friends.
2: Yeah, myself included. I think there's yeah. a couple from me in there. So, yeah. Uh,
1: I think I, I think your uh, contribution, Mark, was uh, finger-blasting a fucking baby. Yes. What? Yep. <laughs> that's <laughs> horrible. There's yep. another that's uh, I'm sorry, a... I
2: my mom subscribed to the podcast last week, too, <laughs> so she'll hear that. There's that's
1: another the that I think, I believe, is a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. A... Uh, uh, Dryer full of puppies and razor blades. Yeah. Yep,
2: that what? was I, we played that one one night actually. I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god!
1: Yeah, that's
0: horrible.
2: Yeah, we're terrible yeah, we, people. We
1: we, terrible. we like to kick the game up a notch. Yeah, we gotta it's make like sure kick it's... the
0: game in the crotch. That's what you <laughs> do. <doing. laughs> but
1: so Auschwitz oh in oh your god. uterus. God. Is new
0: oh, card. I've added. Anyways.
1: No. <laughs> yeah. Continue so on, weird. Christy.
0: Well, Uh, Do you want me just to say, like, that was my origin. Should we hear your origins and then, like, go from there? Do you want me to say where I am now? Uh,
1: How about just give us your whole sort of history with comics in in brief?
0: Well, after the, you know, sperm massacre of (laughs) 1991. (laughs) um, I'm an 89 baby, but I started reading this book when I was two or three. (laughs) Um, uh, But, uh, no, it's... um, I, I stayed off comics for a while. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't like know. heroin? Uh, when I, I ended up, um, I guess I had a, a Bible that was set up like a graphic novel for a while, too, because my dad was a pastor for a number of years. Hmm. Um, and that just turned me right off. Like, <laughs> it, was just, it was no good. Was just,
2: so, like, the entire Bible drawn? Like,
0: no, like all the boring parts. Like it was just like <laughs> it was all New Testament. Oh, so, like <laughs> so
2: more, of, more none of sexy, none of the sexy, gory stuff. But, like boring <laughs> shit.
0: There's so many panels of just Jesus walking and talking to his disciples. It was just like, oh. But um, <laughs> then uh, when I about th- three, four years ago now, um, I I guess like yeah, three years ago, I had some friends who were really into graphic novels, and I hadn't, you know, I just read regular books and they're like christy no no okay if you're gonna get back in you gotta try this series called sweet tooth and uh it's by vertigo and i was like okay all right i'll, I'll try i'll give it a go and i friggin' fell in love with it jeff lemire is amazing like this sweet tooth story uh, is just
2: actually jeff lemire i think is the guy who's working on gord downey's graphic novel that's coming yep. out
0: Shut your mouth. is that's so exciting because yeah, he's Canadian, cool. he's like fiercely yep. Canadian. His yep. his first. Uh,
2: well, who else would work with Gord Downey? <laughs> Gord Downey is our god up here. Remember, it's
0: true. we love him.
1: And he also did do. some really amazing. Uh, his Swamp Thing run in the New Fifty Two yep. was the, some of the best New Fifty Two uh, stuff that there's been.
0: Oh yep. yeah,
1: yeah. No,
0: I didn't know he'd done that. No, no his, he's very yeah. really talented. Very talented. Really really illustrator, so. Oh, it's just like his his style is so unique. That it's like it's haunting, but in like a really intriguing way. It's just dark, and I love it. Um, and from that, I went on to fables, and I've read almost all of fables and loved it. Um, I love the idea of like taking, uh, like the fairy tales and making them macabre. And then, um,
2: you mean more so than the source material?
0: Yeah, but like the source material that we grew up with was just you know it's kid stories right? It's yeah, Disney-fied. but the Disney
2: version of it is obviously. Super sanitized, but the... Uh, the, like, the Grimm's are, versions. Yeah. yeah, the Grimm's versions are are um, grim.
0: Yeah, yeah, but did you guys read the <laughs> Grim or did you read Disney when you were kids?
2: Yeah. Uh, I didn't read either, really, so...
0: <laughs> well, that's my point, though, right? Like, this was a really good way to expose, you know, this darker side to an, an audience that grew up disney Um So, yeah, there was that, and I've read um, a l- quite a bit of Why the Last Man, and um, that I just love that sort of, like... Um. sort of like selected takes where there's an end. I like having ends to my series.
2: Oh, Christy, I have so many books to recommend to you. Yay!
0: <laughs> but yeah, I've only really, like, I I I tend to just like um. friggin' love them. Like, I loved Viva Vendetta and Watchmen I read half of and then put down and had really a hard time picking it up again because there was just so much that I'd forgotten. So, like... I don't know, there's just, it's it's such a cool genre to, like, read and learn. Any of the, like, Scott Pilgrims and all that stuff. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Blankets. Have you guys read that?
1: No. I've, oh, oh
2: it's, it's, I think it's on my iPad, though, actually, to read, so.
0: It's probably my favorite, Blankets. It's just, oh, I can see it right now. It's by Craig Thompson, and yeah. it's just the most beautifully sad and touching love story and it's so real and I was reading it and I was just like crying at one point like this is stupid I am like feeling things I want just black and white like my life oh, shades of gray I was going through a time but <laughs> I, I
2: like the, I like that Christy still does bits on the podcast it's really good like, she's crying and shit <laughs> it's awesome at least one of us is like actually just emoting during the po- Yeah. but that's that's my
0: that's my uh, experience I've never really read the the superheroes or um I, I've always been a little bit more of the offshoots of, like, unique selection, like, with a running order that's going kind to of have a firm end.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's probably, I don't know, I don't want to generalize too much, but uh, sort of your generation is probably, I think, tends more towards that, whereas maybe mine and Mark's generation are a little bit more in terms of the long running. Well, no, I know Mark uh, is more into some of those sort of independent stuff, too, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, me at least, I, I like the long running stuff. I like the really over, overarching stories that have a lot of history to them. But um, all right, Mark, you want to give us your history with comics?
2: Well, you're pretty much like right on the money. I veer. Uh, I started in superhero stuff, and I still read a lot of superhero stuff. But mm-hmm. I also veer off into that independent world. Um, I don't remember um, when I really started reading comics. I actually I can kind of picture. It's a, it was a detect, the first issue I remember picking up was a Detective Comics. If I could go through the covers, I could find it for you. Um, but it was definitely, like, around the 89 Batman movie. Uh, mm. was like, that was my introduction to that character. And then when my dad realized I was kind of getting into, like, that character, he's like, well, you know that was, like, a comic book thing, right? And, like, as a probably sly way to get me to read constantly, he started feeding me comics and stuff. Um, so I probably started, like, really hardcore reading on a regular basis uh, around the time that, like, the Death of Superman and the nightfall storyline hit in dc comics so i guess the early 90s kind of 92
1: thing. 93 yeah
2: yeah 92 93 um which is weird because like all my big like passion like up uh, like my entire life passions came in around the same time so like i got really into comics around that time that was when all my music really hit and like that was when i got really into star trek so like all the <laughs> three big things that have like defined me as a nerd uh were all around that same time and all that stuff kind of happened um But yeah, but since then, it's been like, I don't know, uh, I've veered into, like, I'm more of a Marvel zombie than a DC guy, like Tim said. And I skew into, like, the weird kind of independent side of things a lot. So, like, I read, I regularly read Walking Dead, and I'll regularly read, uh, I've read parts of Fables, like, that kind of stuff I'll pick up. I'm in the middle of reading Saga right now. Like, I'll read read Preacher every year. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much my, like... Take on. I read a little bit of everything at this point, but I'm very selective about like. I won't just sit there and read like a huge running list of books. Um, I'll, I, I'm very selective about picking and choosing runs of stuff that I want to read. Fair. So, yeah, I do it that way.
1: I should be that way, but I'm not. Cause I'm fucking, yeah, you have a, you I'm have fucking a fucking problem. Yeah, you have a <laughs> fucking problem. But are
0: your comics all behind you, Tim? Like, is it... that's
1: not that's not all. Of them, that's man. that's like maybe twenty percent. Yeah, I've got.
2: <laughs> I and that, this is why tim and i are such like tim and i who've like maybe been in the same room like five times in our entire <laughs> lives that's why we get along so well so we have this like unspoken comic nerd connection yeah
0: you guys really should come and check out mark two's store
2: because where is his store? it's right downtown hamilton, right? hamilton
0: one up games he has like a whole like one half of this gigantic store is all comics Oh, and nice. the other half oh, is shit, all yeah. old video games in the basements and arcade with, like, all the old 90s, 80s, like, pinball and arcade machines. Oh, like, that's amazing. Turtles in Time and um, Simpsons. What are some of the other ones you have? Oh. DDR. Well, these guys don't care about DDR.
1: I like DDR. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my, brother, um, my brother was really into DDR. At when, one point. when did uh, when they open that?
0: Uh, they opened the one in downtown Hamilton about a year ago. And um, oh, okay. they've had stores in Hamilton now hope, for 13 years. Huh. Yeah.
1: I'm going to go, I'm gonna have to check that Seriously. out. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I lived in Hamilton back when I was at Mac, and that was like...
0: Well, do you remember... They must
1: have opened back, like, while I was at Mac.
0: Do you remember One Up Games in the Westdale? It was this little shop. Um, Eric used to go in there all the so. time.
1: No, I... Um, I'm... <sighs> Yeah, even when I was at Mac, I was still getting my comics in Brantford, where I grew up. Uh, The only comic stores that I really sort of frequented while I was living in Hamilton were... um, What was it? Big B? And there was one that was, like, right in Westdale.
0: Conspiracy.
1: No, it was before Conspiracy, because I think the the one that I'm thinking about closed uh, while I was at Mac, like, before, like, 2005. But, anyways...
0: But yeah, oh, that's just as a side note. One of yeah, one <laughs> of yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to, to I'm gonna
2: have to check this. I'm gonna have to che- You to send me the address.
1: I'll have to go check that out. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we'll make a podcast uh, trip or something. Yeah, yeah. no, we on, should on location.
0: We should. He's, he's sure. already said we could use the basement if we wanted to record.
1: That sounds awesome. Yeah, we should probably awesome. do that if we're we'll ever in the same place again. Yeah, for sure. But
0: Tim's move <laughs> move back to Canada. Yeah, move Tim. back to yeah. Canada.
2: <laughs> Yeah, man, move back to Canada.
0: Though your wife is terrifying.
1: <laughs> she's terrifying. She's
0: really cool, <laughs> but she intimidated amazing. the hell out of me.
1: Oh, uh, at least she's great.
0: She like. I'll let her know. She openly tried to fear monger me.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you exposed your uh, vulnerable underbelly to her. I think a little, a
2: little too I soon. I didn't. Yeah, for
0: sure.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that, we.
2: Was, that, was, that was my bad, sorry oh, Mark.
0: Mark 1
2: <laughs> Yep, Mark Prime
0: He exposed one, my underbelly Mark, He actually. took me, I was like a turtle to him Just pick me up, put me on my back and watch me wiggle <laughs> uh,
2: I don't. I, that's the problem is I don't get to see Tim and Alicia super often So when Alicia and I get into the same room uh, Shit gets we're crazy not, Yeah, shit gets really weird
1: So <laughs> oh, Anyway, Tim,
0: yeah. tell, tell us about your comics Alright,
1: so uh, for me, I had a couple sort of, I don't know, I won't call them, like, false starts, but sort of early encounters with comics. Um, one, at Christmas every year, my mother would get me the Rupert annuals. Do you guys know Rupert? Like the bear? Uh, no. Yeah, Rupert the bear.
2: Oh, my God, really?
1: Is this, like, English, uh, yeah. t- which is basically, like, sequential art. Um, I a guy so I had, had those forever. one of her
0: animators. One of his animators.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, no, sorry, so, um... Yeah, I read through those like over and over and over. When I was a kid, and my parents also got me these like il- I don't know if you guys have ever seen these the illustrated classics. Yeah. So they, they're a bunch of like classic stories, like stuff like um, Jekyll and Hyde mm. and like The Island of Doctor Moreau, Hi. and I also had a bunch of uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes uh, stories that were basically done up as comic books too. Uh, so that was and that was my first exposure to a lot of those like uh, sort of really classic stories as well. Um, and then I also sort of... It's so much nicer. Like
2: my dad like forced me to read the Sherlock. He was like, if you're going to read <laughs> Batman, you're reading the fucking real Sherlock Holmes stories. I was like, I'm 12. God damn it. I don't understand what's going on.
1: <laughs> but Anyway. Uh, I, I don't want to say inherited because uh, it wouldn't go over well, but I... Uh, basically obtained a bunch of old like army comics from like the 60s and 70s kind of thing that were like uh our army at war and like uh the unknown soldier so a lot of these like dcmr books like the uh combat kelly and the dirty dozen and then a couple like off-brand ones and stuff like that um they used to be my uncle richard's And we just found them in the basement of my grandparents' house one day, and my dad just told me I could take them. And to this day, my fucking Uncle Richard still wants to get those back from me. Yeah, I bet. But they they weren't in great shape when I got them, and I mean, I didn't know at that point how to really take care of comics, so they're in even worse shape now. Some of them are okay, but some of them are pretty rough. Uh, Well-loved, I'll say. They're
0: all laced with Uh, LSD because they're from the 60s and 70s. (laughs)
1: yeah that's exactly they, you just lick the paper and you get just fucking shit hammered this comic's
2: that I was, I was pretty much uh, I, had a, I had an uncle who was really into the old like EC uh, horror comics mm-hmm. back in the day and would kind of collect the I think he collected those he handed those off to me at some point in the last like 15 years ago or 10 years ago or something oh, like nice. that they're, they're still they're kicking around I think they're in my parents basement like bagged and boarded and stuff but yeah, I, I probably read through them at least once before I put them away that was some that was some quality storytelling too, oh so. yeah
1: um then from there uh kind of like mark around the time of like death of superman was the first time that i got really engaged with like superhero comics um and it was really just like because it came to such a sort of forefront of the public consciousness is you know everybody was like talking about it and i was like this sounds really awesome i have to read that like i i had like maybe one or two like old batman comics or something like that that i I don't know where the hell I got those from. And I was like, "This sounds interesting. I'll check it out. And I read through those, and I kept them forever, and I read them over and over, and eventually I got, like, uh, the Death and Return of Superman, like, paperbacks, and read those yeah. over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, and then, but it wasn't until, like, 97 when I actually, like, started really reading, and it was right around the Electric Superman era.
2: Cool.
1: <laughs> that was rough times, <laughs> which a lot of people hate, but I have a soft spot for because it was really the time when I like legit started collecting. Um, and then from there, uh, for maybe the next like seven or eight years, I was reading primarily Superman. I maybe like read some other titles like um, Young Justice and JSA uh, in like the early two thousands and stuff like that. And then around 2005, 2006, I kind of exploded because I found myself with a whole bunch of disposable income. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to start collecting all of DC. <laughs>
2: which which is when you became a crazy person. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is kind of when I became a little OCD about the whole thing. And I decided somewhere around that point that like my target collection, like I'm a collector, uh, and I decided my target collection was going to be like every comic that, or, like, main continuity DC comic that they had put out since Crisis on Infinite Earth in, like, 1985. And, uh, and so, I mean, at that point, I basically started buying, with a couple small gaps, I started buying, like, everything DC was putting out, which put me at buying, like, 40 or 50 new comics a month, and I'm still at that point now. <laughs> You're a fucking madman. I love you. Like that. Yeah, it's, it's not that bad. It ends up being, like, a uh, a hobby that is like a couple hundred bucks a month. It's actually not bad. I mean, considering I don't really have any other like vices that are particularly expensive or anything like that, like I don't game a lot, so I don't spend a lot on games and consoles and that kind of thing. That's mine. It's, uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and crack.
1: Um, <laughs> so right now, my, ca- uh, sort of, I'm probably about 90% or more towards that goal. Uh, I've only read about half of what I actually have. Like there's a point where I was just buying entire runs on eBay and I was getting them for like a dollar an issue or less. Um, I guess cause in some cases people were, it, it was before all the comic book movies hit in a lot of cases. Um, so I was able to get stuff really cheap. So I've got like all these amazing runs sitting there that I just haven't had the time to read. But they uh, want to
0: be read, Tim.
1: I know. And I'm working through it, uh, very gradually. Uh, so, and today I still basically buy more or less everything that DC puts out. So that's, yeah, that's, uh, I've been collecting for right around coming up on 20 years now. And I've got something like fucking, let's see, that's about 20 long boxes behind me. And there's probably another 60 or 70 at my parents' house up in Canada. Oh
0: my gosh. That's insane.
1: So that's yeah, awesome. I say whenever I'm going home, I say I'm going to visit my loved ones, and I don't actually mean my family. I mean my comics.
2: <laughs> I do the same thing, but I just mean my dog. <laughs> I,
0: I tend so, to mean the people sometimes.
1: So yeah, I mean, comic books, as you can probably tell, are like my like main uh, nerddom, my main collection, that sort of thing. So that's why it's like my biggest thing. Um, yeah. So really, for me, the, the main draw with comics is that like I like, unlike Christy, I like these like really long, overarching stories that do have a lot of history and sort of uh, lore and stuff like that behind them, and that's, I think, why um, I'm really a DC guy. I, I like Marvel, and I've uh, read a lot, of, or read, I won't say I've read a lot of Marvel, I've definitely read some Marvel over the years and enjoyed it, uh, and I've also spread out into a couple other series over the years, sort of temporarily. um I read a bunch of, like, the Dreamwave and IDW Transformers stuff, uh, which was okay, but then I got to a point where it was just like, this really isn't captivating me as much as, you know, the DC stuff is. And I've also read uh, up to around issue 120-ish of Walking Dead. Uh, So I just got through All Out War, actually, this past week, uh, which is the Negan storyline, which we're just about to hit on in the next season. Yeah, which is, like... It's
2: almost got me to the point I've caught up completely to Walking Dead now and I'm at the point where I want to jump back into the show to see how they handle Negan because I love that fucking character so much. Yeah. Like, he's such a piece of shit. I love it.
1: So my sort of love affair with comics, I I have this sort of pet theory that everybody needs to have like their soap opera like something that they follow that really ne- sort of never ends and for a lot of people it's sports right they can just follow it season after season after season And f- it's not my fucking thing but it's a lot of people's thing and they can follow the drama and you know the comebacks and all that sort of stuff uh, for some people it's games for some people it's TV shows um, but for me it's comic books and a lot of people it's, I think wrestling is another one that sort of follows under the nerd uh, you know, it's just this thing that goes on and on and on. And
2: well, we're gonna have to do a wrestling episode someday, just so yeah. I can talk about it, because I've <laughs> in and out of wrestling. Like every every couple of years, I'll go in and be like, "Okay, I'm into it," and then I'm I'm back for a little while, and then I just like I just hands off and I disappear for five years. So
0: yeah, I used to watch it hardcore with my brother.
2: Uh, my obsession with The Rock, like that's pretty much where it comes from, is is yeah. that so.
1: So I had a buddy that was really into, like, the ECW uh, yeah. wrestling. wrestling, I used, and so he go,
2: gave, I used to go to the shows, actually. Oh, I saw right? a bunch of them in Buffalo. It was awesome.
1: So he gave me a bunch of, like, uh, I would, like, sort of go through all the um, uh, VHSs and DVDs yeah. that he had of yeah. the ECW fights and stuff like that. So. Um, One oh. time,
0: um, I ate a pot cupcake and watched, without knowing, five and a half hours of wrestling <laughs> <at the front laughs> just nice. like this the entire time
1: just just like sinking into the couch kind of thing that's thing yeah, actually i didn't know
0: what was happening i was like have, have a, that's
1: okay that's okay these guys
0: beat each other why would they do that why would they love each other <laughs> <Walter's hug>. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> nice uh, so getting a little bit more into the sort of the the power of the medium itself, uh, how do you guys prefer to read comics? What's your preferred like format? Do you read digital? Do you read single issues? Do you read trade paperbacks? Anybody?
0: Um, to be honest, I find that it's most easily accessible on my tablet because I can take them everywhere. Um, it's wrong and it feels wrong. It feels <laughs> cheap. And I feel like I'm you know, cheating on books. (laughs) But um, at the same time, I don't like destroying comics. Like, you know, in a good book, like you kind of have memories if you have like a coffee stain here or there, like a a page that's been weathered and worn and the cover and the spine are all like cracked. You're like, yeah. But with comics, you, I don't know what it is, but there's something so special about them that they feel almost like a little bit sacred in that you don't want to, like when you rip a comic, you're like, oh,
1: <laughs> I know those feels.
0: Yeah. So I just find it less organic and cheap and, you know, like, like a whore. But I'd rather be whorish with my tablet than and treat my, treat my comics right. So mostly you, I read them online.
1: Do you feel the same <laughs> way with like trade paperbacks? Because like with those, I mean, those are mass produced and they can always throw them back into print kind of thing rather than like individual issues.
0: Well, the thing is, though, I've only ever bought the uh, individual stuff, right? Okay. So I really love anthologies, to be perfectly honest. When they shmush them all into one book, and they're like, "Here, here's a shmush," that's and a I'm trade. like, "Yes." <laughs> <laughs> what?
2: That's that's a yeah. trade paperback, pretty much.
0: Well, yeah.
1: I mean, they're they're well, yeah, different. I guess like, you I mean, could call there's like
2: an anthology, like a, a, a bigger trade,
1: but they're like are an gems. omnibus, or yeah, or like an alt, like a, what do you call it, like the absolute edition stuff. Or a compendium, yeah. or something yeah. like that.
0: I just—I don't know. I, it's not that I don't respect <coughs> books as much as I respect comics, but it's just comics. I—they just don't feel like they're meant to be smushed. <laughs> That's—that's my—that's why I use electronic mostly as my medium to view.
1: Fair yeah. enough.
2: That's fair enough. Um, I probably like my my reading habits in terms of comics have changed probably the most drastically uh over the years so like when i started i was like hardcore single issue uh go to the comic store every week just like you tim like for years and years and years um even like when i started uh they were still selling them on newsstands so i would go get my superman comics at the avondale (laughs) you Uh, old yeah totally old uh, (laughs) and do it that way and then eventually that stopped happening so i had to go to the comic store um but like the only time i would ever buy a trade back then would be like if i wanted to catch up or it was something really old it would be like prohibitively expensive to buy and like read um so that was about the only thing but like as time has gone on uh i've moved i moved pretty exclusively to trade waiting and just picking up the trades after the fact Um, and now like i'm like christy i go like right in and i'm just digital pretty much all the way uh all the time it's way more convenient for me to just like i can dump 60 issues onto my iPad and then go sit like in my backyard and read that whole run and then not have to worry about packing and unpacking back issues or how many trades am I carrying with me or destroying something that I want to keep in good condition or anything like that. Uh, There was also like a long time where I probably wasn't, I didn't have the money to like buy everything that I would want to. So there was definitely some like piratey kind of ways (laughs) of getting stuff and like reading them that way. Um, but the last couple of years, like I, my Marvel Unlimited subscription gets a lot of abuse, and uh, my comiXology library is kind of insane in terms of how much stuff I buy on there. So, Dance
1: Robot Dance does not condone the pirating yeah, of
2: comics. We don't we don't <laughs> condone doing it, but like yeah, there's some necessity sometimes. If you got to keep up with Walking Dead, then. <laughs> god damn it you know what I mean? sometimes <laughs> it happens and like i think especially now because they're so focused on the way they like doing the di- the digital distribution at least so like on the image side like on the independent side of stuff you're getting like art files that are like right off like the colorist like per- like photoshop file mm-hmm. so you're getting these really bright nice uh images loaded to the digital files that they send out and so everything Got some looks shitty
1: like- scan like or something
2: yeah, so it looks spectacular, and, like, I'm such an art horror, like, generally speaking, that, like, I like seeing that, like, really pop, like, the color-popping kind of, like, nice page work that they do and stuff like that, so uh, I prefer, like, at this point now, I'm pretty much, like, exclusively digital. Like, I have books laying around. There's probably two or three long boxes in this house, and there's probably another two or three sitting at home. Most of my stuff's been sold off, and then I've got, like, uh, a couple shelves of trades floating around between my parents' house and here, but really, like, if I'm reading new stuff, it's all digital now.
1: Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, in my case, as uh, Christy and Mark can see behind me, I am pretty much a single-issue guy. Uh, And for me... It's because I'm a purist, mainly. Like, I like reading things. Like, if I go see a movie... that's uh, if, that We call that snob, I think. Yeah, you're if at. I go see a movie, if it's available in, like, fucking IMAX, you know, premium 3D or something like that, that's how I'll want to go see it. Because I feel like that's, you know, how the filmmakers wanted me to see it kind of thing. And I feel like with comic books, that's... Kind of how they're meant to be consumed. Mm. Uh, I know. I know that things are changing in a lot in a lot of ways uh, in the last, you know, especially in the last few years. But for me, it just feels right to be reading the single issues. Uh, and I mean, especially for new stuff, where you know, I am the kind of guy that goes every week. I have a pull box. They give me a stack of like ten or fifteen comics every week that I take home and. Usually try and read them all, but right now I'm a couple hundred issues behind. Jesus Christ! Yeah, not too happy about that. Um, uh, So I have gotten a little bit more. I mean, I've read basically. I've I've uh, decided at this point that if anything that I want to read that's not DC or that's sort of outside of my target collection, I'll just read in uh, either trade or in digital if it's available. Mm. But that's the real fucking rub, is if it's available. There's a lot of stuff that you can't find on digital, especially older back issues and stuff yeah. like that, or that you have a lot of trouble finding in trades. Um, for instance, right now, I've, been, uh, I've read through the first like omnibus of the Spider-Man Clone Saga, but the second one's out of print. Oh, really? Well, yeah. I'm not surprised by that, because that's a fucking horrible story. But anyway... <laughs> It was one of those that's has been like been on my like reading bucket list forever kind of thing because it has so much you know it was such a big thing in the Marvel. I world. was
2: I was actually reading Spider Man when that happened and uh, I think I stopped reading Spider Man <laughs> while that happened actually.
1: Yeah. So right now, at least in terms of all the DC stuff, I read uh, basically all single issues, um, uh, all the. Uh, Walking Dead I've been reading in the big hardcover uh compendiums, they're like oversized, they're shit for travel. I mean single issues in general are shit for travel. I yeah. still travel. Anytime I go on a trip, I probably pack like fucking ten or fifteen pounds of comics with me. It's fucking ridiculous. Oh that's
0: insane.
1: Like I'll yeah, pack crazy, I'll pack yeah. like, you know, a, a a good stack that's probably like eight or ten inches tall. Or something like that if i'm going away for like a week or something like that and half the time I, i'll make it through maybe half of them but it's just habit at this
0: point <laughs> that, uh, that you need when you're like oh god i need it a- yeah
1: exactly it needs to be nearby just in case i, I <laughs> um, can
0: quit i can quit comics whenever i yeah, want i <laughs> <laughs> why would I? I,
2: know, I, keep, I keep telling Tim, like, dude, you could just like download most of this shit and throw it on an iPad and call it a day. But he's like, no, 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 no. What about I I I, the singles? I, I have the started. Singles. Yeah. Like, All right, dude.
1: Uh, and part of that is just that I'm so deep into this collection at this point that I feel like I should like, as long as I can afford it, I might as well just continue. Mm-hmm. Um, just for at whatever point when I stop collecting or I die, which is the more likely thing to happen <laughs> first. And, uh, Uh, You know, I just I want it to be complete. And that's because I do have a touch of like completest, purest fucking OCD bullshit. Um, But I have gotten into a little bit more digital stuff. Uh, I do have a Marvel unlimited subscription. I don't use it that often, but I do use it on occasion. Uh, and I specifically got a tablet. I have a Samsung Galaxy tablet that is, like, the biggest fucking one that they made. And I specifically checked the measurements of, like, a comic book page and got a tablet that would be, like, as close to that as possible.
2: Nerd mm-hmm. alert. Nerd <laughs> yeah. alert. That's so, awesome.
1: <laughs> so, yes, that, I, I figured that would be the best way to sort of ease my transition into some digital reading. It's
2: the way to go, man. That's how I, I do most of my <laughs> reading now. So I even read, like, books on my iPad now. I'm so, like... I don't even buy... I feel like... And as a print designer, it's really weird to say that. But, like, I even... Like, books at this point, I generally kind of have veered into, like, all digital everything all the time now.
1: Yeah.
2: So. The only yeah. thing I still buy... I, but I still buy CDs and records, like, a fucking
1: lunatic. So it's hard <laughs> to say. So, I mean, I it's weird. Because, like, in terms of books... I could definitely see, like, reading all books, you know, on a digital medium. But still, if there's, like, a really nice, like, nicely bound copy with, like, a really nice cover or something like that, then I would still kind of want it. Um, well, but, that's yeah, I don't
0: read a whole lot. That makes it a little bit more like, you know, it's, it's a collecting item, which is what you do. Um, because if it's, you know, it's a bit different from the norm that makes it special. <laughs> For me, it's just that I, there's so much work. That goes into a comic. You know what I mean? Like, it's not that novels don't require work and, like, imagination and creation, but just you see so much easier. It's so much more accessible to see the passion project that a comic or graphic novel is.
2: As a failed comic book illustrator, thank you for saying that. I like Temporarily your... failed, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. <laughs> um, That's hilarious.
1: <laughs> All right, moving on from that, uh, I, yeah, I, I love where we're going so far, guys. I like a lot of, you know, we got a lot of different viewpoints here. And I think it's good, and I think this next point is going to uh, continue on our sort of divergent past. Uh We've probably already touched on this a little bit, but I'd like to talk a little bit more. Who is your favorite publisher and uh, why? And, you know, yeah, basically just give a little bit of reason who your favorite comic book publisher is and why you like them. You
2: want to go, Christy? Do you have a, do you have an actual opinion on this, or? You gonna...
0: uh, yeah, I like Jeff Lemire.
1: Okay. <laughs> publisher, as in oh, company.
0: Sorry, I thought you said. I don't know. I'm in a bit of a different world right now. Um, Vertigo.
2: I oh man, that's that's a pro. That's probably close. Like that would probably be like the closest to my actual answer would be Vertigo as well. Um, I'm a big Marvel zombie too. Like my superhero stuff is like ninety five percent marvel so like that's where my my heart lies in the 616 for the most part i mean i read batman and that's about it but like just batman um and then like in terms of actual publishers like holy shit i I read a lot of image stuff right and like i read i can't pick one because it's like i read from everybody
0: yeah well i just um for me i find that vertigo uh just has some of the most compelling and unique storylines like, and they're they're the kind of thing that I'm into where it's got that um, limited, um, published, um, like it, it's it's got the definitive storylines.
2: Yeah, and a lot of like the limited series stuff, uh, limited series. especially like, yeah, sorry, um, uh, that Vertigo is published, and that they, for a long time they were the only game in town for that kind yeah. of work. <laughs> so like you would only get something like preacher from vertigo or you would only get a hundred bullets from vertigo mm. uh sandman's another one that's like you're only going to get that from vertigo not uh, wasn't anymore until, no well now it's the <laughs> thing right like now you've got image and dynamite and dark horse doing that kind of work a
1: lot so like uh so like, many companies yeah exactly scope and uh, boom and yeah boom
2: was- i know I was, i'm trying to think of the other one because boom's the other one warren ellis works for a lot i know is dynamite i don't know anyway um we'll talk about him later probably (laughs) uh but yeah it's hard to like pick one publisher that like does stuff that i like the best like the stuff that i read the most i mean yeah like if you're gonna talk about it's usually vertigo stuff i go back to but that's just because they have such a long history on that in that publisher's track a
0: plethora of options
2: yeah exactly Mm. so there's always cool stuff to go back and read at that point but i mean like yeah, you can go back into Dark Horse, and there's like the Goon, and there's Hellboy, and all that kind of stuff. You can go back and read. So, and I didn't even write that when I was writing my notes. Like Hellboy, I fucking love Hellboy, and I didn't even <laughs> write it. So there you go.
1: In my case, I've probably already sort of given it away, but uh, I'm definitely a DC what? nerd more than anything else. Yeah, what? big really, big Tim? fucking surprise. But the reasoning for that, really for me, is that um, one of the things that I love the most about comic books is continuity, and I, and that's something that I think DC has. Always done better than Marvel and better than basically any of the other publishers, because basically d c and Marvel are the only ones that ever really cared that much about continuity <clears throat> um, it's yeah well, it's true <laughs> yeah there there have been moments where both companies have had massive missteps with continuity, but yeah, for sure <laughs> but the the other things are uh, and sort of going along with continuity are the issues of sort of. The history of the characters is—I uh, mean, DC is the original superheroes and also the original sort of superhero team with the Justice Society, and the, the fact that DC has so many amazing team books and team like—you uh, got Justice Society and Justice League, and the Teen Titans and Doom Patrol, and a lot of those really great team dynamic books. Uh, that's that's really and and also the other thing that really brings me back to dc over and over again is the villains and that's something that i i firmly believe dc has an edge over marvel in is i mean especially batman's state uh we're gonna, have villains. To do, we're gonna have
2: to do an episode about that and we can argue about it for like two hours because all I, right i will debate you on that i don't I don't, <laughs> I don't have a i don't have to specifically say like one's better than the other but i think it's up for debate yeah i think more more than just being that's, like, fair a, enough.
0: that's a totally different conversation in ball game that I probably yeah. would just <laughs> like sit back and watch the fire burn. <laughs> so,
1: uh, all right. Well, let's move on and uh, get probably as sort of uh, character-specific as we're going to get in this episode. Uh, give me your couple, two or three uh, favorite uh, characters and sort of why and maybe a couple of uh, your favorite storylines mm. from that character you going to think? Um, I, I mean, I go. guess you could also say, like, favorite titles, Christy, in <laughs> your case. <laughs> um, I'll go.
2: I'll, I'll start talking because I think Christy's going to think. Um, yeah, I can, my, I can my, see
1: my... the gears turning for Christy yeah, right she's, now. She's, she's
2: <laughs> staring at her, her, uh, her bookcase right now, There's I think.
1: Smoke coming out of her ears.
2: Yeah. So definitely, like, my favorite character, like, and what got me into comics, um, and also what got me kind of started drawing, too, um, is Batman. It's always been Batman. So um, he's my first and probably still my favorite. Um, I love... Uh, And I mentioned it before, but I love ground-level, like, kind of vigilante stories. And it's why I veered into Marvel more so later, because they tend to do that. I feel... I always feel like they do that a little bit better. And more of their characters kind of lean that way. Um, But, like, Batman's the original and, like, still the coolest one. Um, And, like, as a... And like I said, I just said it, but, like, as a failed comic book illustrator, like, he's easily the best... uh, Design, like character design in comics. Like, <laughs> there's very few, like, I'm trying to remember who said it, but it was like, if you can recognize the character by the silhouette, you fucking killed your design. And, like, is there any character more recognizable just by the silhouette than the bat? Like, it really doesn't get any better than that. Um, so, like, he's easily the one that I pro, if you go back into, like, my DeviantArt or, like, my Facebook, like, galleries of shit that I've drawn, there's a Batman, there'd be, like, five drawings because I draw <laughs> him constantly. That's awesome um yeah it's either batman or catwoman like those two i just draw constantly um so yeah batman's number one for sure um my second if i could, like pick two uh john constantine um especially as i've kind of gotten older um i like a lot of horror or horror. probably more so like saying horror tropes yeah <laughs> horror. i like a lot of horrors but i mean uh yeah uh horror um, I don't like the horror tropes, but like I, I just like the fact that like he's a piece of shit for the most part. <laughs> he really is. Like he sure con- is. He's a con- like the ultimate con man, and like, but he's also just like the coolest, most badass guy in that world. Where like, it's, like the supernatural shitbags bags of London will like hear his name and just fucking run the other way because they're terrified of this guy because he does horrible things, um, and like. I don't know. Like I love, I love Constantine. If we're gonna pick up a book, there's two I wrote down. Um, Hard Times, which is by Garth Ennis, and it's Constantine in jail, in like a supermax uh, American prison, where he's just having to use like his wits and a little bit of like sleight of hand to just manipulate all these fucking groups into more or less <laughs> killing each other, and keep himself alive. <laughs> and probably like the most definitive like Hellblazer story um, was called Dangerous Habits. And these are all available in trades for our listeners if you want to go pick them up. Um, But it's about, like, he pretty much cons the the three lords of hell when he finds out that he's got lung cancer. Uh, He, like, cons them into a war with each other over his soul so that he doesn't get cured of his lung cancer, but he'll never die because they don't want to fight over his soul because he's so wanted in hell. That, yeah. Um, So those are, like, like, the, the two out of them that I would if you're going to go pick up some con- like some hellblazer or some constantine those are the two stories i really <laughs> recommend the most um like going back to batman there's like so much shit <laughs> i can't even think i always recommend uh matt wagner did two miniseries uh it's batman and the mad monk and batman and the monster men are the two that i go pick up a lot um tim and i were just talking about the long halloween and dark victory before we started recording those are also two stories um that you can just kind of like hop into and they're very early in batman's like career so that's very year one and everybody's getting established so it's not there's no continuity lockout to those mm. stories i'm
1: so, so close really... to getting to read those if i can just get through my fucking new issue backlog
2: oh man you gotta get yeah fucking long halloween is probably one of the best batman stories I've ever told like it's so good and that art that tim sale art oh my god it's like black just bled all over the page it looks it's beautiful artwork um nice. yeah it's absolutely stunning stuff and then like I have a couple other books that, like, I love, I love, and I'm going to talk about, like, when we get into the writers, I think, I'm going to talk about those a little bit more. But, like, if I have to pick Marvel characters, like, I love Spider-Man a lot. I love the visual of Spider-Man, and Wolverine are, like, two characters that I don't necessarily read all the time, but they're characters that, like, I love the concept of those two characters a lot, and we will go back to them fairly frequently, um, especially when they're being written by somebody good. Like, I know... Um, Like, in the X-Men especially, like, Joss Whedon wrote Astonishing for a couple years. And, like, Wolverine's basically a support character in that and does nothing but snark at everybody and has maybe three lines per issue. But it's the best take on Wolverine I've read in, like, 25 years. So, Hmm.
1: I think that's interesting. It seems like, with the possible exception of Spider-Man, all of yours are, like, really archetypal sort of uh, characters. Like, Batman and Constantine is, like, sort of the... Uh archetypal like trickster, yeah, and then Wolverine is uh, <laughs> I like,
2: like my anti heroes, I think is what yeah. it comes down to I really like my anti heroes i don't necessarily i like to I like to read Shades of gray more than I like <clears throat> like that stand up Superman kind mm-hmm. um, so like of guy, so I tend to delve into that no, uh Christy, <laughs> why did you say that to me? that's terrible what'd she I mean, say i missed it she said 50 shades of gray and i was just oh. shaking my head <laughs> god damn it um but yeah no i i like i like those i like that i like a darker story generally speaking uh it it kind of delves into all this stuff like my favorite Trek is probably deep, like it's deep space nine if i'm gonna go back and rewatch it over and over again <laughs> like my music is always like i was i'm the metalhead like i'm that guy so like i listen to the deftones and I like the Dark Pearl Jam songs, like that kind of stuff. So that's where I kind of hang my hat most of the time.
1: You like your comics dark like your soul? Darkness. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> yeah.
2: Dead Darkness, me. I cannot see absolute horror. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, I think I know um, who some of my favorites are. Um, All right. Now, um, I I, will, I really liked um, Big B from Fables. Uh Cause I liked this like sort of.
1: That's a big bad yeah. wolf character, right? And I
0: loved the okay. take on him. I loved that he was like a detective who just was just like did give a shit, but at the same time he's, you know, just so in love with um Snow White and just. But I don't know his way that he fit in with the characters because everybody held against him. that He was big bad wolf, and I was like, okay, okay, it's a cool storyline, and his character just you kind of, you kind of fall in love with him a little bit, um or I did anyway. <laughs> And um, I don't know, I just, I really liked a lot of the Fables characters, but a lot of them were also just dicks. So, like, <laughs> I found that Bigby was, like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? I could appreciate his dickiness. Um, but really, I think one of my favorite characters, even though I hate him, I just really liked the way that he was written, um, was uh, Dodge from Lock and Key.
2: Nice. Good call, yeah. actually.
0: Um mostly because um Dodge was just like again, I n I don't give a shit, I'm gonna cause disaster everywhere I go character. Like
2: Oh man, you should totally read some Hellblazer Christy. Yeah? I think you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love, yeah, that's definitely he, Hellblazer. <laughs> he's pretty much Constantine is the original that guy. He's, he's just a shit <laughs> disturber. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a piece of garbage. But he's <laughs> like my I love him well, so much. I just,
0: excuse me, sorry, it's been a long day. Um I just uh <laughs> I find that those characters are far more interesting than any kind of, like, stereotypical do-gooder. Because, yeah, you get where the do-gooder's coming from. You want the do-gooder to succeed, but at the same time, when you meet a really cool, like, shithead villain, I'm just like, yes, let's see what you can do. Because they have no... Like moral consequence. And when you take away moral consequence and empathy, you create a character that's unpredictable. And I love that because, like, you're constantly going, Ooh, what are they going to do? They don't give a crap about what happens to the world. They live in the moment of chaos, and chaos is who they are. And I just think that that makes a really cool character. Nice.
1: All right, for, so for me, uh, one I've definitely given away already, and uh, that's the sort of character that got me into Captain comics, America. which is Superman. Oh,
0: oh, totally wrong read. Yeah. <laughs> totally wrong read, guys.
1: <laughs> Good pull. Uh, Captain America's Marvel. I, know so I was trying to be
0: a dick because I love America. DC so much. So <laughs> you're <laughs> not going to joke Mark. Um, yeah. So,
1: okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go in a very different direction than my two co hosts <laughs> here because, I mean, I. Superman is sort of the you know stereotypical do-gooder, the big blue boy scout. But my draw to him, I think, is mainly that uh, because he has such a strong moral code, it's pretty easy for a villain to play off that. Uh, you know, the fact that they know what he's willing to do and what he isn't means that, and and they're willing to do so much, go so much further mm. than he is. Uh, makes makes him an interesting character, and also the juxtaposition of, uh, like, Lex Luthor and Superman in terms of the... I guess part of it, for me, is the xenophobia is a really attractive angle as well. Uh, The fact that... um, Not that you uh, can relate living in the southern states anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm an outsider. Anytime my boots come out, they can can tell. (laughs) Uh... Yeah, and I I I'm the first to acknowledge that Superman is not an easy character to write. Um, I would say like characters like uh Batman are f- like there's it's fairly easy to write a good Batman Sorry, story. I so like, thought you
0: said Batman and Elf, and I was like, <laughs> why
1: would you Elf's not? Yeah, that was uh, there's a crossover. Yeah, I Batman know, and yeah. Elf. It's Bat elf. like Star Trek and
0: Elf last week. <laughs> elf, uh, Trek. elf Trek.
1: Elf
0: last week. So go on though.
1: Uh, but but awesome. when Superman is written well, I think he can be done really well. Like in the death of Superman, I think part of it is just that that is when I really sort of got hooked on to comics. And that was a, t- he was the biggest character at the time. That was one of the only times in sort of DC's history where he might've been uh bigger than Batman. Um, that's, uh, least- that's
2: actually, that's really funny too. Cause like that was like, I, I got in like to reading regularly because of the death of Superman more so than nightfall, mm-hmm. but it's nightfall that I think, uh, like Batman caught me more at that point, and Batman became my favorite very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, it's like we're just mirror images of each other, buddy. <laughs> See, <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm I'm the the darkest universe, time or you're yeah. the darkest time universe. Line. I'm the darkest timeline. Yeah, yeah, the darkest timeline. You know, it's uh, funny, and in uh, terms I'm, of
0: sorry, I was just going to say um, I thought the most the time I was most interested in Superman was when Lois died and he was just like fuck everything
1: you mean you're you talking about yeah. Injustice? Injustice Injustice has been a really interesting storyline um, and yeah uh, definitely so that's um, for our listeners is based on the um, Injustice Gods Among Us uh, video game which was basically the Mortal Kombat take on the DC Universe and I uh, was
2: great, coming up this year
1: yeah and was a great game on its own, but um, the comic book, I mean, basically DC always, or, well, yeah, DC always puts out uh, comic books any that there's, like, a video game released on one of their properties or something like that. They did it for the Arkham series, too. But in that particular case, it really just fucking went crazy. Like, uh, the storyline was basically that the Joker killed Lois, and uh, Superman went fucking insane and well not insane but became like an obsessive dictator as a result i'm not a super huge fan of that take on superman in particular i feel like it is somewhat outside of his character but it has led to a lot of really interesting character moments in terms of the entire dcu so definitely something i would recommend picking up the early issues are very difficult to find in uh single issues so i would say pick it up and trade or digital you can pick it up and trade and digital though guys uh yeah. you don't have to be like tim yeah and hey i bought your- that i bought that off the shelf so i bought those for fucking cover price and those first few uh, issues are now worth like 20 30 bucks an issue which i think i mentioned on the podcast before I think but, you have actually yeah but that for being like a book that's less than five years old is pretty crazy like that's that is nuts. that's like walking dead fucking numbers yeah um well, maybe not Walking Dead numbers because like the first issues of Walking Dead are worth like thousands now.
2: Yeah, but that's like that's condition. a big multimedia fucking like empire at this point. So that's yeah. a little bit it's a little bit different than like a video game tie-in from yeah. like, a relatively major publisher.
1: So yeah,
2: Walking um, Dead become like such a phenomenon on its own that you could almost do uh, an episode of the podcast about Walking Dead. I think we should. Uh, Absolutely should. Yes. <laughs> Maybe I should. Count.
0: I would only contribute about the video games though, because I prefer them to the show. Uh,
2: I'm gonna have to catch up to the show before we do that, so we'll have to wait on that one.
0: Uh, yeah. eh. I don't think I'll ever catch up on the show. <laughs> I give up
2: uh, episode uh, season three. I was like, okay, I'm done. I can't do it anymore.
0: Me too. Excuse season three. Me. I was just like, I can't. Season three can't was a
2: tough this. sit, but yeah, I, but the uh, the comic is still like it's like such a mm-hmm. must read for me that like. When I'm into it, I'm like, every issue, when it comes out, I'm in comiXology, like, fuck, would you please upload it already so I can read it? Um, the current storyline is, like, batshit insane, and it's only apparently going to get worse. So, <laughs> I'm like, that's it's, what, it's that's dead. What it only like, ever gets never worse. never hope. Yeah. There was never hope. Well, that's the point of The Walking Dead. The book's called The Walking Dead. (laughs)
0: Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I know, but just give us a sliver, you know? Yeah, but that's the whole point, though. They give you
2: you the sliver, and then they take fucking, like, a mile back. Like, that's the beauty of that book, is it it gets better.
0: (laughs) Anyway, Tim, do you want (laughs) to continue?
1: So, uh, I would say after Superman, uh, I have a real soft spot in my heart for Firestorm as a character. Um, so, Firestorm, for those of you that might not know who he is, is the nuclear man. He was introduced in, like, the early 80s, and, uh, basically is a composite character. He is uh, has two people that make him up, a, uh, like, high school jock and a scientist, and the high school jock is kind of in, like, the, uh, driver's seat, and then the scientist is, um, sort of the, his conscience kind of thing, sitting on his shoulder, um, and, I mean, anybody that's seen Legends of Tomorrow will be... Or or the Flash series is at least passingly familiar with Firestorm now. But I love him because he's... If he's written well again, he can be a really, really good character. Um, he's got a massive amount of potential because he can basically manipulate all matter and energy. So, sort of with the right mindset, he could do virtually anything. Like, he can set off Atomic blasts. He can... turn anything into anything else because he can manipulate stuff at the atomic level and a couple stories a couple of which I'll mention later have used that to great effect Uh, like Kingdom Come for instance that's true Um, well Kingdom Come also used uh, Captain Atom to great effect as well
2: also probably one of the best superman stories actually if you are getting into it like it's a really well told superman story
1: yeah absolutely um so yeah firestorm is definitely one of my favorite characters as well and then uh he had a series that lasted about 100 issues in like the early or mid 80s um that i would highly recommend basically that whole run um also had a bunch of really good villains too And then uh, the third, I would also go with Batman as one of my tops. Uh, He's someone I got into more recently. Uh, That being said, still probably I've been reading Batman for about 10 years now, but I've been going back and reading some of the really early uh, um, post-crisis Batman stuff. Uh, And, yeah, again, it's just... I think in that case, the big draw for me is the villains and the psychological aspect of it. Um, Yeah. I mean, in terms of recommendations for that, uh, I think I'll probably get into that later, but uh, Year One is one of my favorite Batman stories, a Frank Miller story that sort of redefined the character, uh, I think, in a lot of ways from sort of a kind of jokey... Uh, in some ways, sort of detective-y character to someone a little more stoic and dark and broody and, you know, what Frank Miller generally writes. Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, this is before he went nuts in uh, All-Star, All-Star Batman.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Great, so we've already touched on this a little bit, but uh, again, I think we're kind of leading pretty well into from one thing to the other here. So, uh, and I think... Christy's already tipped her hat on this one a little, so maybe we'll go to her first. Give us a couple of your uh, favorite um, comic book writers and why.
0: Um, well, yeah, when I thought you said writers before, when you said public, <laughs> really. Um, uh, yeah, I honestly, I, I love me and my Jeff Lemire because, one, Canadian, which is, you know, rad. Because uh, I find that there's so many really talented Canadian authors that just aren't recognized as much in, you know, that's everything. Um, but I found that Sweet Tooth just hit, you know, so many interesting places and, like, the fact that he did a novel about his hometown and, um, he did the, uh, is it Underwater Plumber and, like, just all these, uh, Welder, Underwater Welder, sorry. Um, again, I'm very tired. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know, I just, um, I just thought that he has this unique style that you just don't see in a lot of places um, represented as well, and like the fact that he can—he's just a, a brilliant storyteller. So um, I'd say uh, I like him, and um, the other the other guy I'd probably like would be um, oh God mm, Brian Lee O'Malley with Scott Pilgrim.
1: All right. Nice Again another Canadian pull
0: Yep Um, But mostly just because Like he's so beyond Like Scott Pilgrim's amazing I don't mean beyond Scott Pilgrim isn't like You know better than But I've read some Of his other stuff And um, like I really liked Seconds um, And uh, I know he's done um, A number of other Things and Yeah And then uh, Craig Thompson Because he wrote Blankets And I love Blankets (laughs) Not just the comic, but the actual thing to put over yourself when you are cold, because I'm a lizard woman.
1: (laughs) That explains so much. It does.
0: (laughs) For listeners, I just stuck out my tongue a number of times very quickly.
1: Yep.
0: Like a lizard.
1: Because Christy likes doing, again, really likes doing visual gags on an audio podcast. Loves doing sight gags on her audio podcast. Guys, yeah. that's,
0: that's my jam, sight yeah. gags. Yeah, that's, great. Well, that's why they put up so many screenshots of me making weird faces. Yep, we really do. But, um, yeah, so those are probably my uh, three that I... The thing is that I, I won't lie, I don't know enough to really, like... Um, pull out names at the drop of a hat.
1: No, it's great. Um, I mean, I like, I like having more of the indie voice represented here for sure.
0: That's, that's my peeps. (laughs) Yeah. So those are probably my three that I, I love right now.
2: All right. Awesome. Um, my, like if I'm going to pick writers, my number one, like with a bullet every time is going to be Warren Ellis. Um, he's written like pretty much all my favorite comics. Uh, the last, 10 years or well probably maybe like 15 years are all things he's written. Um, he writes strange like transhumanist and folkloric themes and like like the, he combines them in weird ways. Um, like I could name stories that he's written that I love like for the rest of the fucking episode. Um, but like primarily like I always recommend and this is the one that I will recommend the most to everybody to go read is planetary. Um, it's twenty-seven issues long. You should be able to get it through in an afternoon. If you are at all into like genre, anything, uh, the story touches on like it's about like they call themselves archaeologists of the uh, strange, and like so they'll go and touch on like it touches on superheroes, it touches on like kaiju stuff, so they get, like a Godzilla reference. It touches on the supernatural. It touches on all kinds of weird stuff, um, and it's like one of the most fascinating stories you'll ever read. It also has. The darkest like take on the Fantastic Four you'll ever read in a comic, uh, <laughs> pretty much ever. I uh, think they're kind of the main antagonists of the Planetary Group. Wait, was uh, it a Marvel book? No, it was actually. Uh, I think it was published by Wildstorm. <laughs> because he's a uh, the main character, Elijah Snow is a. Uh, they call them Child of the Centuries, so they're people born on January first, uh, like nineteen hundred. Hmm. or, like, January 1st, 2000, or whatever. So they're called, like, they're Children of the Century. So they're immortal, and they generally have some kind of superpower. Uh, Jenny Sparks from The authorities is also one of them. So, yeah, but okay. yeah,
1: it touches on a whole bunch of, like, old, like,
2: Yeah, stuff, she's a century
1: too. baby. I've read yeah. some of the Authority yeah stuff. yeah.
2: So, like, he's, like, all I just know is, like, the main character of Planetary, and he's one of them. So, like, they don't, they mention Jenny Sparks. She doesn't actually show up in the book, but it is definitely, mm. like, easily my favorite comic of all time it is so weird and so cool and has such weird ideas in it um that i can't even like i can't recommend that book enough it's also like it's drawn by john cassidy who did joss whedon's uh astonishing x-men run and is probably one of the best pencilers in the industry right now um it's totally crazy kind of stuff uh his other stuff transmetropolitan is probably the one he's the most well known for um, and that's where you really get like his dickish, like English kind of tone <laughs> in there with the Spider Jerusalem character. Um, it's a, a lot less like idealistic than Planetary is, but it's a, like it really speaks to my like native cynicism, like that character especially because he's such an asshole and it's so fucking funny. <laughs> um, and then like really quick, like he's got to it. Like he did Next Wave for Marvel uh, with Stuart Eminem, like in the early two thousands, which is like all these weird like Z-list Avengers kind of working together in like the biggest spoof of all time and it's fucking completely insane for 12 issues <laughs> and if you get a chance to read it you should cause like it's the weirdest weirdest fucking book you'll ever read uh, it has a Fing Fang Foom cameo in like the second issue nice. and it's, it's so fucking weird but it's hilariously well written <clears throat> And currently he's working on, he's doing uh, like a bunch of limited series James Bond stories. So he's doing like six issue runs of James Bond <laughs> stories where he's taking kind of the, more the original book Bond. Uh, so like the really thuggish, asshole, racist, dickbag James Bond from the books. And like kind of putting him into a modern context with like Warren ellis kind of technophobic stories or like, weird futurist stories and stuff like that and he's so you've got this weird like anachronistic like 60s kind of super spy dealing with like weird terrorism situations and stuff like that but he's a complete asshole the entire time it's really fucking brilliant hmm. uh, yeah so if you can get like, I know the first arc is out in trade now you can pick it up it's called Varger it's VRGR um, you should definitely go read that and the second arc I think is about halfway through I've got it on my comixology list but i will trade waiting it so that i can just sit down and read the whole thing all at once um but yeah that's the, the he's my guy every time like when he puts something out i'm like i'm on it right away he writes uh he writes prose too he's got a couple of like actual novels out that are all excellent uh what's the one it's gun machine and crooked little vein are the two the first two and they're both excellent um yeah so he's my like number one guy and then, like, Garth Ennis, who wrote Preacher, is a guy that I'll kind of follow around. He also wrote Hellblazer that I mentioned before. And in terms of, like, superhero stuff, Robert Kirkman, like, we talked about Walking Dead, but he also writes a book called Invincible, which is, like, my favorite superhero story that's ongoing right now that I mm-hmm. really recommend everybody kind of take a look at. Um, also, Ryan Otley's the artist on that, who's fucking amazing, so...
1: I can robert the... kirkman also do uh what battle pope
2: yeah battle pope and uh fuck was it werewolf by no not werewolf by night that's a marvel book or a dc book um shit i can't remember he did a werewolf book too i can't remember what it was called but mm. the werewolf character actually crosses over into invincible quite a bit um so yeah like if you're if you're into superhero stuff like uh Invincible's coming to an end apparently like he's ending it in the next year or so Uh, That'll be 150 issues that'll be well worth sitting down to read because every issue has been excellent and every arc has been super satisfying. And things, it's very much like there's no comic books are all, like they they describe them a lot. It's never, it's all second act, right? Like there's never an end to the story because that means Mm -hmm. you've done the book. Um, He really kind of blows that out of the water and like he kills characters permanently and like maims his characters really badly and he psychologically abuses his main character to the point of like, insane i mean if you read walking dead you know how horrible he is <laughs> yeah. his characters. and this is in a superhero context it's just it's not as horrible as the walking dead but it's still like if you're used to reading like superman or spider-man or something like that where like everything kind of gets reset and everybody's okay at the end of the story it's definitely not that but it's mm. really compelling writing so yeah nice. go, go check out invincible man
1: Man, you guys are saying so many things that I wish I had fucking had the time to read.
2: Oh uh, yeah, you sh- I like honestly just the fact that you have not read Planetary and Next Wave makes me sad for you, especially <laughs> Planetary. Like you will love Planetary so much.
0: I've never read Planetary.
2: You should read it too. Everybody <laughs> should read Planetary. No, seriously, it's like the best book. It's crazy. The concepts that it will throw at you will break your fucking brain, but you'll be a better person for having read it. It's so good, and the art is stunning. Like stunning. It's uh, also it's who's who fucking colored it. Laura Martin, she's super famous. If you're like in the biz, she's one of the best colorists in the industry. I think she oh. colored, she colored astonishing too. But she's like a huge name. Uh, the, she does she helped Cassidy with the art, and it's amazing stuff. So <laughs> if you guys get a chance to read Planetary, like grab it.
1: I will someday. You said it's only like twenty seven issues. Twenty seven issues and like a manageable.
2: couple, a couple like crossovers. There's a. Uh, there's actually a Batman crossover issue where they go and investigate mm. it, and they kind of, it's weirdly done, so it's like the timeline's in flux, and like different versions of Batman kind of show up, like and and face off with the Planetary I love, Team. So I like
1: those kinds of stories.
2: One second that yeah, it's like one second it's like giant bruising Frank Miller like Dark Knight Returns Batman, and the next it's like Adam West like Batman '66 <laughs> running down the street with a bomb over his head kind of shit, <laughs> and the Planetary Team's just looking at him like what the fuck is going on here, but it's so good. Uh, absolutely, yeah, it's like my favorite book ever, so definitely recommend (laughs) that.
1: (laughs) All right, well, I will go... uh, You've kind of led pretty well into one of mine. Uh, Dan Jurgens is one of my favorite, and uh, he wrote The Death of Superman, but he also wrote one of my favorite uh, crossovers, which was uh, Zero Hour, Mm -hmm. which was also very much like the timeline is in flux, uh, you know, various versions of characters showing up kind of thing. Uh, Storyline. Um, but I feel like he, uh, I mean, this is again going back to me, my primary love being for super, superhero comics. I feel like he does a really good job writing uh, sort of uh, not only the major characters, but the minor characters of uh, a lot of books as well. Like he wrote a great Lois Lane, a great Jimmy Olsen, a great. Uh, he also was the creator of uh, Booster Gold, another one of my favorite characters uh, who he's done a lot of amazing things with, uh, like Booster gold for those of you that don't know, sort of started out as kind of a joke character, uh, in that, like he was sort of a fake superhero and, uh, sort of playing at being a superhero. But then he, within the last like 10 years or so really came into his own and became like this amazing, like hero keeping the DC universe timeline in check Mm. with, uh, rip Hunter, uh, who's uh, the guy that Arthur Darvill plays on uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Uh-huh. So I would love it if Legends of Tomorrow would bring in Booster Gold. I think that would be fucking amazing. I'm surprised um, they didn't, actually. Well, I mean, they don't want to blow their whole load in the first season. There's enough fucking characters in that season already.
2: Yeah, it's true. But like, they, between like, not doing Booster Gold and the fact that they really should bring in Matt Ryan to become Constantine again, mm. Yeah, that's, that's something that should happen before yeah, but he's too old yeah. character.
1: But uh I mean Dan Jurgens has written basically every major character in the DC universe and every one I think he's really done a good job on for the most part. I mean he's written Batman, he's written like I said, Booster Gold, he's written Green Arrow for a while, uh Superman. I think he's I don't know, I don't think he's ever written any Flash uh he had some really good stuff with uh legion of superheroes and the teen titans and some of the real they're really good crossovers and stuff like that as well so uh like i said zero hour in particular is one i highly recommend and uh 52 which was a weekly comic that came out in two, from 2006 to 2007 had some really good stuff in it too and he uh was i think one of the main writers on that um Jeff Johns would be another one that I would be uh, very much one of my go-tos. Uh, he's done very little bad in my eyes.
2: Yeah, my only problem with Jeff Johns is uh, he's not overwhelmingly great at writing Batman. I, find, I feel like his Batman's always lacking.
1: <laughs> well, he had some good... He wrote uh, one of the Hush storylines, did he not? Uh, that was Jeff Loeb.
2: Oh, okay.
0: I don't know. I- also, right. and
2: before, we, before we move on too far, Dan Jurgens, also, I don't think you really mentioned, he's also an artist. Uh, he yes. was the guy who Penciled Superman seventy five, which is the death. Mm-hmm. Scene. And oh, he! Ex- I mean, an amazing yeah. penciler, like amazing, amazing penciler.
1: Yeah, that's his biggest accomplishment for me is is both writing and uh, drawing that whole run of Superman. Like yeah. he he basically drew uh, the main Superman title for p- close to a hundred issues. Yeah, wrote uh, R- and that drew.
2: Book. Yeah, yeah. And an amazing pe- like amazing penciler. I can't say yeah. that enough. He's so good.
1: Yeah, I'll get to it. It's in my. He's one of my favorite artists as well. Awesome. Spoiler alert. Well, you, you, have to, um, you have
0: to give props to guys who like step into roles of these like stereotype, stereotyped characters that people are expecting to like. You know, ex- they have certain expectations that they must be met. So, mm-hmm. like when you can write, like you said, like a really good Superman or a really good Batman, that really speaks a lot to the the artist's love of the character itself which I think like it's not an easy thing to do to step into the shoes of an iconic character
1: yeah especially um uh especially characters that have been around for so long yeah and that so many stories have been told with them to actually do something fresh with those characters is really challenging and I have massive Fucking respect for people that can do that.
2: Yeah, that's like one of the writers I didn't mention that I probably should have is like we we talked about Scott Snyder probably a million times so far, but like mm-hmm. his ability to like walk into that Batman book and just like kill it pretty consistently for the past five ish years has been really stupendous. So
1: Yeah. Um uh, yeah, so with Jeff Johns, I mean he's done amazing things for the DC universe in like the last like ten years or so. Maybe like fifteen years if you go further back, but um, like he uh, has—he really invigorated, uh, reinvigorated the Flash. He really reinvigorated uh, Green Lantern. Um, The Blackest Night was an amazing storyline that I would highly recommend. Um, So he sort of started this whole like rebirth uh, trend that. you know, DC has really latched onto in the last like few months. Um he wrote Infinite Crisis, which was a pretty good storyline as well, and again one of those great like huge universe changing crossover kind of things. Um so he really does a great job on those massive sort of epic storylines. But yes, I will agree with uh uh Mark Batman as one character I I would say he's yet to do massive justice to. Um, at least in terms of uh a solo Batman book. Huh um and then the last one that I would say in terms of uh writers would be uh again going back to my DC roots would be Marv Wolfman uh who wrote Crisis on Infinite Earths and had a really epic run on uh Teen Titans uh he also did jeez I'm missing stuff already Skin getting late folks um yeah, Christy
2: Sweet. made us record super late on a Friday night, Sorry. so we're yeah. exhausted. My mother's
0: <laughs> wedding is tomorrow, and I didn't know I had to go to the rehearsal <laughs> dinner until like, a day ago.
1: Uh, Mark Wolfman also had really good runs on Superman as well. Again, in like the sort of uh, late late '80s, early '90s. Um, 16 Titans. Yeah,
2: cool, okay, because that was the one I read. I, love, I yeah. love that run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, he. I mean, he, that's one of the things he's best known for, for sure. Yeah. Is uh, his run on Teen Titans, and really. Uh, putting a massive amount of sort of history and family into that group of characters. Um, yeah. So those would be a few of my sort of absolute top, uh, writers. Um, Chrissy, do we need to let you go?
0: I think so. I'm sorry guys.
1: All right. That's okay. We've, we've only got a couple questions left, but we will soldier on without you. And this has been a long episode. Yeah. We're at, we're at an hour
2: 48, so we'll
1: close it out pretty soon. Yeah. Okay,
0: well, this has been a blast. I'm sorry to leave you early. Um, Like I said, i got to prep for my little bro's wedding.
1: I guess that's a reasonable excuse. Bye, Christy. Thanks
0: for waiting for me and making me be a jerk.
1: (laughs) See you later. See you next week. (laughs) All right, so Mark and I will just close out these last couple questions here. One, uh, sort of spinning out of the last, and I think there's going to be some overlap for me uh, and I think Mark's going to have a lot to say on this is your favorite couple, two or three comic book artists.
2: Um, yeah, for me, uh, this is where I get, I get kind of weird. Cause I am like, I am a, com- I'm a aspiring comic book artist, I guess we'll say aspiring as opposed to fail <laughs> for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> my absolute favorite is, uh, definitely Stuart Immonen. Uh, he's actually, he's Canadian. So this is where I get to start pimping Canadians. Um, but, yeah, Stuart Eman is my favorite penciler, uh, pretty much of all time. Maybe because I'm biased and I've met him a number of times. He's looked at my work and stuff like that. But he's drawn um, – what did he draw? Well, he drew Next Wave, which I've mentioned before, uh, which is like – it shows his range, that he would do something that's so cartoony and so insane mm-hmm. uh, and amazing. And then also, like, he's done mainstream superhero stuff. Like So if you compare and contrast, like, his work, like, in Next Wave, that's super goofy and weird – and then like he did a run on ultimate spider-man where he kind of relieved mark bagley after like 133 issues or something like that (laughs) and and did something like 50 issues after that after the fact and was just just fucking killed it immediately um and then he's now he's kind of he's kind of moved in to become kind of the premier or one of the premier artists in the 616 marvel universe he drew i think he drew secret wars a couple years ago it was one of the big crossovers um that was amazing and the last I think I saw, he was starting to take over. Marvel just got the Star Wars license back when mm-hmm. Disney got it, obviously. Um, and he's been—he was drawing the Star Wars book for a little while. Um, so yeah, Stuart is, like my guy, my go-to. Um, I'm really weird about artists, though. So like, I do not follow—I'll like follow writers around because I want the story more than I want the art, I guess. But I always kind of like if I hear one of these guys is like drawing something, I'll grab the first issue just to look at what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the way I work with that kind of stuff.
1: I am definitely with you on on uh, Eminem. I mean uh, I he didn't do a whole lot for DC but his run on uh, on Adventures of the Superman, Superman I think yeah. it was 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 a really good run for sure. Was, and love, I love I love how minimal Yeah, I love yeah. how minimal his art is like he doesn't, you know, kill you with lines. Yeah. Uh he lets a lot of the shading and stuff like that and the inking and coloring uh fill in a lot of the blanks yeah
2: yeah he's uh and he's also like he's probably one of my he's his biggest influence on me in terms of like teaching me stuff about pencilling has been mostly like storytelling stuff like his page layouts are almost flawless to me like he always kills the pacing of a page like perfectly every time and I'm always like, how the fuck can you be so goddamn good like at almost everything about this like art style and he just kills it and also like super nice guy um so, yeah, like, Stuart, like yeah, Eminem's my favorite. I also, like, I love another Canadian guy, Steve McNiven, um, mm. who he drew uh, most famously, he drew the actual Civil War comic with Mark Millar uh, back yep. in the day. He's done runs on Captain America and New Avengers. He's been primarily a Marvel guy um, for most of his career. Um, I think he started at CrossGen back in the day. Like, that's where he got discovered, but quickly kind of got picked up by Marvel because he's so fucking good. Uh, he also did Nemesis <laughs> with Mark Millar, uh, that anti-Batman story, which was awesome. Um, who else? I got a ton of stuff I could sit here and talk about, but like <laughs> Brian Hitch, uh, who drew uh, the Authority and then went over and did Ultimates. I think he did Justice League for a little while too.
1: He just recently did. I think he wrote the most I think recent, uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Justice League, which was kind, yeah, not so good, but yeah.
2: But he's he's a, a spectacularly like. Um, talented penciler uh mm. notoriously late i will admit like generally, <laughs> spe- when he was working for marvel doing the ultimate stuff just like constantly late but uh like huge hyper detailed cinematic large scale like everything like you go and look at those that is my jam and, usually like 25 issues of uh, the ultimates mm-hmm. like it is beautiful beautiful art like amazing art um and, like, and while it was frustrating to wait for that shit while I was, like, <laughs> I, I was reading actively, pretty actively at that point. Like, that was my... The Ultimate Universe is really, my, like, my re-kind of entry into mainstream comics. Like, uh, after a long time being, like, I'm just going to be, like, Warren Ellis's little fucking butt puppet and just read all <laughs> this shit. And that's all I read. Um, the the Ultimate stuff was very, like, key to me getting back into it in a big, bad way. And okay. The Ultimate was always the book that was just, like... This is fucking superhero shit writ large. Like, it's so amazing and impressive to look at. Um, so those are, like, my three big guys. I have, like, soft spots. Uh, I love Jim Lee. Uh, yeah. I don't overwhelmingly, like... He never seems to team with guys, like, that I want to read, like the writers. I'm like, I don't care what you're, who you're working with. But, like, I like looking at his stuff. His pencils are great. The definitive Batman, uh arguably at this point between him and capullo like i love jim lee's batman
1: mm-hmm.
2: and then i have a weird like early 90s like hard-on for j scott campbell's stuff for some reason i don't know why i just love the way he draws mainly women like i just love that his like kind of disney on fucking steroids kind of style how he draws <laughs> stuff. I, I don't know why i love it like that's super clean line art and stuff like that just kills me every time um and then yeah i just said Greg capullo who at this point like his batman art just kills me uh like he was born to draw that character and like i remember seeing him on spawn and being like god go do a fucking book i want to read and then he (laughs) ended up on batman and i was like oh fuck finally thank you You're you're doing the right thing finally uh that's awesome and then i don't know if you'll mention him but like i do always i always look at alex ross's stuff just because it's like
1: yeah he's gonna be one of mine
2: yeah, I hate his Batman, though. Like, I fucking hate his Batman. His Batman makes me cringe. I hate it. But all his <laughs> other characters, I'm like, this looks like what, it, like, especially his Superman and his Wonder Woman. I'm like, that's what those characters should look like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they put it, he puts his Batman in his shitty pajamas next to him. and I'm like, fuck this. I'm out.
1: <laughs> the, like, loose fitting uh, outfit kind of thing. I hate the
2: cowl. Like, I fucking hate the cowl that he draws mm-hmm. or paints or whatever. Like, I hate it. It looks yeah. so dumb. It's like cardboard. I hate it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, for me, um, we already touched on this a little bit, but Dan Jurgen's on top of being one of my favorite writers is definitely one of my favorite artists as well. And it's that like, it's not, I would say it's that it's, uh, understated and, uh, in a good way. Like he doesn't over-exaggerate things like a lot of comic artists do, uh, so that when you do see really epic battles or really epic fights or something like that, they feel epic. Because there is that juxtaposition against the more sort of just normal sort of uh, everyday panel-to-panel conversations and that kind of thing. Like, he doesn't have, like, you know, Superman doing some ridiculous pose while he's just having a fucking, like, conversation with Lois or something like that. Um, And and on top of that, it's just, uh, he's one of the more realistic comic artists, and I think that's one of the things that I tend to appreciate uh as well um even though i know comics are not a particularly realistic fucking medium um but uh spinning off that and the other thing i like with dan Jurgens is that he does do uh these like great uh sort of really big epic uh uh stories very well both in terms of writing them and drawing them and that is leads me into my next one which is george perez i think draws oh, big fucking Good fucking ball. like just amazing like huge fucking epic stories better than anybody else <laughs> yeah. and i would read that the main reason that he really likes writing team books like he's done amazing runs on Avengers and he drew Christ on Infinite Earths he's drawn JLA uh,
2: Avengers actually he did the crossover like he was the guy yeah. they tapped when they did the big uh, JLA Avengers crossover yeah they had, they were like, who can we pick? Like, who the fuck else are we gonna pick? Yeah, like, exactly.
1: Perez, right? Yeah. I wish he would get more fucking work today. Like, he doesn't seem to do much now, and th- I I could go on and on for that. Like, there's a lot of comic writers and artists right now that I think are fucking amazing that are not getting work right now that should be. Yeah, I think we talked about uh, the the weird yeah. back end of what's going on in the
2: industry right now in previous yeah. episodes. Um, I think a lot of those guys demand a high price, and they're finding kids that can do it. Yeah. a lot cheaper and they're just filling pages at this point and like the art's not bad That's generally tough. speaking but like you're not it means you're not getting guys like you're not getting a george perez penciling books you're not getting a steve mcniven working for marvel anymore brian mm-hmm. hitch maybe doesn't get a chance to do like he goes and writes instead of like drawing like he should be drawing you don't get j scott campbell doing a monthly book because also these guys are all fucking notoriously late so there's also yeah. that which can be a problem but, like, even a guy like Stuart Eminem, like, you don't see him on regular books as often in yeah. spite of the fact that, like, this is a guy that, like, took over from Mark Bagley and did twice a month issue, issues of Ultimate Spider-Man for, like, three years mm-hmm. um, and just knocked the fucking shit out of it every issue, so.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, George Perez and also his run on, uh, again, going back to Teen Titans was fucking amazing, too, and pretty legendary. Um and then, uh, I already mentioned, uh, Mar- Alex Ross is another just fucking amazing comic artist, and nobody really holds a candle to him in terms of that style, uh, that you know, fully painted style. And obviously, it is not really conducive to a fucking monthly book in any way, shape, or form. But uh, when he does come out with a book, like stuff like uh, Uncle Sam or... Uh, well, Kingdom Come or Marvels, or I mean, they kind of, like
2: big ones. Uh, yeah. He does those big... I always like... He has those big prestige... Oh, back in the day, he did the big prestige format, Batman. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: What were those? There was four of them, I think. Batman, Wonder Woman, Superman, and...
1: There's a Shazam one, I think, too. Shazam one?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have all... Well, I at least have the three, like, the Trinity ones, so... Yeah. Yeah. People's obsession with uh, the d c captain Marvel is not really i've right. <laughs> never understood that character so
1: uh it's had its moments but it's in, i mean it's a really cheesy character you've gotta have a again you got have a good writer on it that was another uh another person I was gonna sort of give an honorable mention to is uh jerry Ordway oh
2: yeah uh, good penciler too though like he does doesn't he draw too
1: yeah, yeah no I think he's primarily a yeah. uh, artist but in yeah. i mean he did amazing art on uh on um Shazam, and also on Superman, and also some uh, really good Superman, like Justice, Superman, Justice Society yeah. stuff too. Yeah. Um, actually, yeah. that's
2: the one thing you didn't. I don't think you don't mention about Jeff Johns. His like when he was coming. Up, oh yeah. Justice Society was like the book that I remember reading from him, and that I was like, oh, this guy's this guy's got the goods because I didn't yep. give a shit about Justice Society, and he just like he made me give a shit about actually he made me give a shit about Captain Marvel and Black Adam in a way that mm-hmm. I probably never had before and never will again. Uh, yeah. So. That was a
1: great... That was a really good run. It's an excellent run, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so, all right. Just another couple questions just to wrap up here. We've touched a lot along this and I think uh, we can probably cover it pretty quickly. Your favorite types of stories to read and this is the point where you give and maybe restate some of your recommendations for people.
2: Um, oh, My favorite kinds of stories... Like, I'm, I'm going to harp on... Uh, warren ellis like like i have been all night Uh, i love that weird science fictiony kind of superhero but like a skewed take on it kind of thing that he does um i do like that he does very like finite stories so like you're gonna get a beginning middle and the end to it transmetropolitan's an excellent example of like yeah it's 80 issues or whatever long but you're you're getting like a solid story and a, a good character arc for spider in there uh, planetary again like i will not recommend planetary enough to everybody go out find planetary read the shit out of it put it away and then come back to it in two weeks and read it <laughs> fucking again because like you're gonna find stuff in there every time um yeah so warren ellis like anything you can get your hands on of his like read it's he's a fucking madman but he's a total genius um i really like i'm really enjoying walking dead right now i think it's fucking brilliant uh like i love kirkman's stuff so like both of his big books like that and invincible like go go check it out like yeah it's gonna take you a bit to get through you know, the 160 ish issues of <laughs> each of them but oh but you burn fucking through that book well walking dead especially is like an easy yeah. like it's a pretty quick read generally well I, the last couple issues they've like the new artist or the current artist has been switching to a um a 16 panel oh, grid yeah? so wow. it's, been, it's a little bit more dense there's a lot more going on per issue but yeah it's been uh those are those are definitely books that i would recommend going and picking up uh go read preacher if you haven't read it by Garth Ennis um, fantastic stuff uh, if you're really into the superhero side of things um, I would go like go pick up the Joss Whedon X-Men stories uh, the astonishing mm-hmm. run he did with John Cassidy uh, it's probably the best X-Men story I've read in forever um, spider-man stuff I can't really think of anything there too too much um, yeah but like hmm Oh, yes. And like Scott Snyder's current, like, I think he's still working on Batman in some capacity, but if you can find this on All Star Batman. (laughs) Yeah. But if you can pick up him and uh, Greg Capullo's uh, stuff, that was like probably definitive Batman for this century. Like, that's going to be the Batman that everybody's going to compare people going to going forward. So that's what I, those are the ones I recommend the most. Um, Yeah. And like, if you go back, you want to read some Mark Millar stuff, like, before he went completely insane, but like, (laughs) the Ultimates. Um, he did some stuff in the six one six, like he wrote Civil War, um, that was pretty good. So, like, go read that. It's stuff. One of the
1: few Marvel books I've actually read was yeah. the original Civil War.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, they delayed Civil War too, so everybody's waiting for that <laughs> sequel that nobody that's involved
1: with the original was involved with. So, <laughs> I don't know. So for me, I would say uh, like really the stories that uh, I most enjoy are sort of these. Massive epic crossovers or like world changing kind of events. So, uh, I've already, we've already talked a lot about like Death of Superman or Nightfall. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth was another one that really did a lot of. Uh, I think it really brought the DC universe together in an amazing way. You got a lot of the history of the DC universe, but it also sort of cleaned up a lot of the dirty continuity of the universe and also had one of the most meaningful and longest lasting comic book deaths, which is Barry Allen, spoiler alert, and also <laughs> the uh, the uh, Silver Age uh, Supergirl as well. Uh, her death in that was uh, treated pretty well uh, also. Um. And also stuff like zero hour, like anything that really fucks with like timelines and that sort of thing. I'm a big fan of, um, where you get a lot of sort of uh, characters going back and you know revisiting themselves in the past or in the future, that sort of thing. DC One Million as well, I thought was a really well done uh, storyline and one that does not get a lot of props. Um, Emerald Twilight being another one that really fucking shook up the DC universe, and again that sort of spun out of. Uh, the death of superman where hal jordan went fucking crazy after coast city was destroyed and yeah, probably one
2: of the few green lantern stories i've ever like sat like read through the entire thing of so
1: yeah and uh and basically became crazy and tried to sort of remake it and yeah uh, kingdom come as we've already talked about that one is sort of a out of continuity story but uh amazing amazing fucking comic book story and uh if Mark Wade, yeah, Mark Wade is definitely up there in terms of my comic book writers as well. Even his though
2: his Flash run is, uh, actually, it's probably my favorite Flash run. His his run on Flash with the like, I think he was writing Wally West, but yeah, he's amazing. Uh, yeah, he's a super
1: cool guy. Uh, and also, if, uh, sort of more recently within the New 52, the Dark Side War, which just kind of wrapped up in the New Justice League uh, books, have has been uh, really strong as well. I think. Uh, shit I'm drawing a fucking blank on who actually wrote that Dark Side War come on Google um, but I mean on the Marvel side as well I haven't read as much but those sorts of events on the Marvel side would be stuff like Secret Wars yeah. um, Civil War uh, Planet Hulk I've heard was really good and is definitely Spider-Man on my release
2: uh, there's a lot of stuff I liked um, when I really got into it uh, when Brian Michael Bendis took over the Avengers and disassembled them ostensibly so like the the Avengers disassembled storyline uh, leading into the New Avengers, which to to is still, it's still kind of my Avengers team for some reason. Even though it's not really like the the de facto like the the movie Avengers team, but it's like uh,
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's got Luke Cage, Iron Fist, uh, Wolverine, Spider Man, Iron Man, uh, and the Sentry are kind of the main ones. I think uh, Miss Marvel's a character like a main character like the Carol Danvers characters in there, yeah. uh, and she's one of them. It's just, like, a much more interesting team dynamic than, like, the classic Avengers kind of had. Um, it's why I, to this day, like, I'm super happy Spider-Man is now in the MCU and can become part of the Avengers, mm-hmm. but it's why I still want um, Wolverine in the MCU because the, uh, the my favorite part of it, of that storyline, especially, like, all the, the new Avengers stuff, was always um, Spider-Man and Wolverine shitting all over each other constantly... <laughs> uh while they're fighting, they're just ragging on each other the entire time. So there's <laughs> giant superhero battles going on where Iron Man and Miss Marvel and Luke Cage are seriously trying to like contain and organize and get everybody like safe and out and there's Wolverine and Spider Man like kicking ass but just taking giant verbal shits on each other because that's <laughs> just what these two characters do. And it's all Brian Michael Bendis's like quick snipey dialogue and it's Yeah. Awesome. So
1: all right. so Jeff Johns was the writer of uh, Dark Side War which I should have known and uh, one other that um, poked up in my head while uh, which Jeff Johns reminded me of would be uh, blackest night as well so that's a lot of like zombie green or zombie lanterns and zombie basically it uh, again, it's a story that brings up a lot of sort of the history of the DC universe and you get a lot of characters sort of reappearing for the first time in a long time and fucking with people's heads psychologically is another one that I would definitely recommend. So, nice. um, last thing before you head out, Mark, what is your opinion on the state of comics today?
2: Oh God. Do we have another hour?
1: <laughs>
2: um, in brief, <laughs> uh, I, I think comics are in a weird spot right now. I think there's definitely, like, there's room for improvement in the way, like, especially the big two handle business. Um, I mean, I'm kind of in the weird... I'm in a weird spot where I get a... Like, I've talked to a lot of guys who are in the industry and there's some weird shit going on behind the scenes that, like, may or may not be good for the industry, like, kind of, like, longevity-wise and stuff like that. Um, I think definitely in terms of, like, the business, like, it's as good as it's going to get. These characters are, like... This is pop culture right now like what we're talking about is like what you guys are going to be seeing on the movie screens for the next ntv screens for probably the next 10 years and that has been for the last 10 years like it's not going to stop anytime soon so like in that way i think it's good to go but in terms of like actually like paper comic books like the the stories <laughs> getting told i don't i like i think it's okay but I think it could definitely be better there's definitely some room for improvement in the way like especially the big two handle things but like mm-hmm. it's such a niche kind of thing at this point it's kind of hard to say so I don't know man like I don't know I'll, I'll read till I die at this point like I'm. it's so part of my like just like blood I think that like I can't not be reading comics but like I've definitely skewed away from the mainstream like big two kind of stuff uh, over the last Probably more the last five to ten years. Like I've, I've definitely been more like, oh, I'm more interested in what's going on in Hellboy than I am in what's happening in like in the MC, even the MCU, or like or the MU, I should say, like the six one six. I'd rather read Hellboy or the new Warren Ellis book or whatever weird fucking thing Vertigo was putting out, I guess. But like now it's kind <laughs> of, kind of shifted over to like a dark horse book or something like that. Like I'm more interested in that than I am in like the mainstream superhero continuities. Like that's become. It's come a little bit like oh it's we're, we're just go, we're just going from event to event to event to event and i'm like yeah i don't really care that much anymore so
1: yeah. um have you heard much about the uh, dc young animals books
2: uh no i have i like i've i've seen stuff kind of sporadically pop up in my reddit feed but i haven't really looked at it super yeah. close so
1: it seems like uh i haven't actually read it only the first issue of doom patrols come out so far and it's written by the lead singer from My Chemical Romance. Oh, he did another uh, book, umbrella,
2: umbrella Academy, a number yeah. of years ago. So like, he, he is historically, like he does write, so it's not like it's yeah. completely out of the fucking ordinary for him to be...
1: Yeah, no, there. I mean, the stuff, all the titles look pretty interesting and kind of uh, Vertigo-y, so uh, I, I'm going to start picking them up because they're sort of under the DC umbrella and they're using DC characters like uh, Shade and Doom Patrol and Cave Carson and uh so sort of lesser used dc characters but let me know what the doom
2: patrol is because i did like there's that grant morrison run i think we were talking about before that i really like um interesting characters so
1: yeah um so for my feeling i mean i think it's a good time for comic books overall Uh, i mean obviously like mark said it is really in the sort of zeitgeist in the pop culture right now that's good and it's bad for one thing it means that there's i mean i think comic books are in a place that they haven't been since the early 90s in terms of the amount of stuff that's been putting been put out but in retrospect if you look back at that sort of early 90s there was a lot of shit
2: yeah. getting oh, put man. out at that time oh man a lot of those remember those image books like all that <laughs> Well, yeah it's all it's all super great that todd McFarlane and jim lee and rob liefeld are in like, their own- but like some of that stuff was fucking garbage. So. Yeah,
1: and like a lot of like the Valiant stuff and that sort of thing, there was a lot of crap coming out of that time as well. Um yeah. so I, I think we're kind of in that sort of time right now as well where the market uh, is oversaturated. Like there's so much stuff that looks like it could be cool, but ends up just being shit and is over overhyped and that sort of thing. Um, that being said, and, and also with what we're talking about before, in terms of uh, older sort of legacy artists and writers that aren't getting the props that they should and aren't getting the work that they should, because there's you know s- because it's such a big uh, industry right now and so many people are interested in getting into it, there are a lot of young people that will get into it for fucking peanuts.
2: I'm still sitting here, Marvel. I will still do work for you anytime. <laughs> yeah, Marvel. will draw Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man for literally food, literally
1: for peanuts.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we'll draw Spider-Man for food. <laughs> um, so well, Batman, actually, that was always my like that was the that was my big goal. Was like I always wanted to go and work at Marvel because that was with the characters that I love. But I was always like, I'm going to duck out at some point for a year and go do Batman and then come back to Marvel. Like I didn't care about any of the <laughs> other characters. I was like, I just want to go duck out and do a Batman story and then fuck right back off to Marvel. <laughs> that was always my like my, my my career ambitions. Were like, yep, I'm, I'm a Marvel guy, but I got to drop Batman and get paid for once. Got to do yep. it once.
1: So. Um, but yeah I think overall I think it's a good time for comic books for sure it's definitely a time of transition Uh, again in terms of the media itself how people are consuming it is definitely changing to a large extent and uh, how they're how they're being produced is changing. I mean, uh, DC, for instance, with the the whole rebirth stuff that's going on recently has massively taken off. And I think it's good in some ways because they're really going back to their roots with a lot of the characters and bring a lot more of that sort of legacy and family back into a lot of their storylines that they lost when they sort of relaunched with the new 52. Uh, but on the other side, they're also changing the way that they publish a lot of the books. Some of their key books are coming out uh, twice a month right now, which is something that I know Marvel's done more recently, but DC hasn't really for a very long time. So like Superman, Batman, uh, is Wonder Woman? Squad
2: like like month like bi-monthly too now?
1: It's supposed to be yeah, uh, and fucking Jim Lee's supposed to be drawing it bi-monthly, <laughs> and that sounds yeah, I'm that laugh- like Jim Lee. Yeah, that is a laughing matter. To yeah. we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's only two issues in so far. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, to be fair, with the new 52, they did keep to shipping schedules very, very well uh, for the most part. I mean, there were cases where they had to bring in like fill-in artists and stuff like that, which I'm yeah. not the biggest fan of. Because oh,
2: yeah, that that kills it. For, that's one thing that like that kills a lot of stuff for me. Like when there's a fill-in artist, I'm like, ah, oh, man, that yeah just kind of rude i know they got a month like a monthly schedule to hit but i'm just like god damn it like that's gonna fuck up that trade for me you know what i mean like it just kills it for me every time
1: and there are even books where like 80 of the pages were drawn by the original artist but they had to ship so they had like somebody else come in and do not even like the last like six pages but like pages two to four and then pages 22 you know 21 22 or something that's
2: that's just because of like the method of doing it like you don't you are drawing a book, like you don't necessarily like. Yeah,
1: you don't do it one to you're not start doing to finish.
2: One, you're not doing one to twenty, like one to twenty two. Generally speaking, yeah. like you're kind of going like, oh, this one's going to take me a really long time, so I should do it first, kind of thing. Or yeah, like these ones won't take me as long, so I'll blast them out quickly. It depends on your method. Like I was always like, oh, these like dialogue pages, I'm going to do these first because they're not super hard to do, and I can blast them off pretty quick. Yeah. and then like the big action sequences like yeah i'm gonna take my time and like really
1: pour over those but yeah, really make it look good and uh, yeah so 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 yeah i mean i think it's uh, definitely a transitionary time i'd be i'm gonna be really interested to see where comic books are as a medium and say like 10 years from now oh agreed. Uh, yeah agreed so uh I think with that we'll maybe close out. Clearly fucking Mark and I could probably tar- talk about this for another 2 or 3 hours at least, yep. but we will yeah. We will uh uh not subject you to that. So <laughs> Hopefully, if they're this far in they're enjoying themselves, right? Like- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our uh, our strange conglomeration of like Asian and European <laughs> listeners and Facebook followers, so yep. Yeah, if, if you're here, strange Vietnamese audience at this point, that we're not really sure where you came from, so thank thanks. And uh, we're sorry that we're not whatever podcast it was you were actually looking for. I think, I
2: think it's some kind of, like, hardcore, like, house, yeah. like, ri- <laughs> like, music kind of yeah. like radio show <laughs> in Europe or something like that. I don't know. So they're listening <laughs> to us talk about comic books and be like, when are they going to start, like, Where's the backbeat or whatever the fuck? I don't know what it is. I
1: had no idea. Yeah, it wasn't until like
2: we're talking about music next week. So yeah,
1: it wasn't until like last week that uh, Eric told us that we had the a very similar name to some like fucking European deep house radio show or something (laughs) like,
2: which made us laugh because we were looking at our uh, Facebook likes and being like, who the fuck are these (laughs) people?
1: (laughs) What the fuck are these people looking for here? So exactly. (laughs) Anyhow, thanks for tuning in, folks. We greatly appreciate you, especially if you've got this fucking deep into it. Yep. Uh, so uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher, or uh, this past week, we actually just started being published on the Google Play Store as well. Uh, so check us out there as well if uh, that is your preferred method of consumption. Uh, you can like us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash with Robot dance Podcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, DRD underscore podcast, or send us email at uh, dancerobotdancepodcast at gmail dot com. No spaces, nothing. Uh, actually, do those things because uh, we haven't got a whole lot of feedback so to far. To be fair,
2: we could be better about posting to those things too. We, we should all start doing that. That should be yeah. something. I need.
1: I, the- I actually logged into the Twitter for the first time. I've been logged into the Facebook for a while, but I actually logged into Twitter this past week. So,
2: oh good. Okay. Yeah, well
1: we'll try and be more active on those too so
2: yeah. but if you guys sent us shit then we have a reason to be on there so exactly you we'll tell us with you and how think. fucking horribly wrong we are about everything we talked about for <laughs> two hours and 20 minutes this week
1: yep so all right thanks very much everybody and we will catch you next time